shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul, seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. We're so sorry, skeletons. up everything welcome back welcome in welcome all in sundry to this the 100th 133rd episode of the two guys one cup podcast it is october 31st it's a thursday it's very spooky and this is our all-purpose megalod, mega megalodon episode. <laughs> Those are the spooky. They're extinct. Podcast. We've got the hundredth episode. We've got Halloween. Our Halloween spooktacular. We've got me, Stephen Groundy, and Peters, who is feeling a little under with the weather tonight. So we're joined by Count Drac. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nope, nope, not gonna do it. I don't. I don't do that accent, Stephen. That's very offensive it to my people. True. The Transylvanians are deeply offended. And other than the <laughs> cold that you're battling, how are you feeling tonight? I am feeling, according to my Halloween word yes. last, I'm feeling petrified. <laughs> <laughs> I'm petrified at where this episode will go. As well, the trick-or-treaters have been dispensed with. <laughs> they <laughs> the are can- in pieces. The candy was excessive. It will kick around the house until Christmas, at which I... point it will be thrown away wholesale. <laughs> and there will you be new candy kicking around. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I do remember eating Halloween candy at your house. For a very long for, time like, last yeah, year. Yeah, through the end of Thanksgiving. My philosophy is if a child shows up on November 9th, and they say, we just immigrated to America, and we just learned what Halloween is, and we can't wait a year. Can I please have some candy? I've got to have enough for them, too. I am you petrified. You don't want to be the, tur- the door that turns them away. in life, I'm petrified of having too little of something. So, I just get way too much. And there we go. Ian... We're recording our 100th, 133rd episode today. Uh, People are going to think we recorded uh, 100,000, 133 episodes. Maybe. And you know what, folks? You've missed out on a large portion of our content. If you you don't subscribe to lizardking.fm... Uh, then you can't get all of our content. You can't get our daily episodes. That's right. But, um, yeah, episode 100, how's it feel? I mean... I mean, it feels like episode one thirty three. What it feels like? It feels like our hundred thirty third. But <sighs> folks, this is our hundredth episode. If you don't count bonus all of our bonus episodes or playoff episodes, yeah, or the playoff, which ones. are also a bonus episode, but they're not. So we have episodes in three categories. Yeah. <laughs> Every episode is an episode, but only a select subsection of episodes are bonus episodes. And only a select subsection <laughs> of bonus episodes are playoff episodes. Do you, do you ever say a word so many times that it starts to just sound like a like noise? <laughs> yeah. episode. And this is our hundredth regular real episode. And we're glad you're here. Yeah, thank you for coming along with us on this Spooky journey. Nobody's listening. But the felines, thank you for your... We love cats. You're a perfect audience, so, you know. 
That didn't. That went over real well. I can see. Continue to clean really yourself. Cat fun mode. Oh uh, <laughs> boy, we're get better. We can only go up from here. It's only a hundred episodes and a hundred and thirty-three. Uh, so <laughs> watch as we descend. I feel like if somebody told us right now how many episodes we would record before we die or have a deep and irre- irreparable falling out, it would just shock us. Yeah. The answer 22, is 112. <laughs> <laughs> we shot different directions. Well, I'm very hopeful for this podcast. Thank Apparently, you very much. I think it's all over. Um, Ian, Halloween is a time for spooks. And scared. <laughs> that was a bad just, just, wow. Uh, uh, no, it's my fault. Yeah. It's my fault. Yeah, my you fault. were the one. My fault. You were the one. Ghouls and goblins. Is that better? Is that better? Mm. I don't know of any. I've looked up ghoul today, and it does have some Islamic text. Oh, boy. Really? Yeah. Okay. I don't, apparently, none of the Halloween words are safe. Give us a Halloween word. Halloween is a time that is... Uh, Decomposing. <laughs> and speaking of decomposing, Vladimir Tarasenko's shoulder. We did it, folks. We've reached the pinnacle. We're finally to hockey. Aye. You're welcome. <laughs> the Blues suffered a major blow. Uh, I don't want to say I expected it. I didn't expect five months. Mm-hmm. But the way they handled it in that very mysterious we're not going to take him on the road trip, but we'll tell you in a week. Oh, yeah. It's very like, eh, I don't know about all this. It's severe. So- <laughs> but how severe? <laughs> only, we'll, only we'll tell you. So it was announced, what was this, Tuesday? Yep. Uh, or Monday, it was was the announcement on Monday, and then the surgery was the Tuesday. The surgery was Tuesday. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's more technicality than anything that the... Uh, Injury to Vladimir Tarasenko's left shoulder, which he sustained after becoming entangled with Sean Walker of the Los Angeles Kings, whose name you will never hear again. No relation to Nathan Walker, who we'll talk about in great detail momentarily. But um, you took all those detailed Nathan Walker notes Mm, I asked you. They're they're all up in my brain, (laughs) baby. Um, the, The injury was very serious, or at least... The circumstances of the injury were serious enough that uh, Tarasenko required surgery, and he will be out uh, for at least five months, as reported. He will be reevaluated in five months. Um, By looking at the replay, which we have a GIF of, thanks to the talented work of GIF... Something spooky, Jefferson. Is there even a Jefferson Barracks is a cemetery? So Jefferson gift Jefferson Barracks. Ooh. <laughs> um, by looking at the replay, Vladdy extended his arm, and it looked like Walker's shoulder got right under his armpit and thrust it up, dislocating his shoulder, and thus surgery was needed. Doug Armstrong said. Now, what he is not saying there is that much contact should not dislocate mm-hmm. your shoulder, and as it appears that this was a carryover issue from the playoffs. 
where he apparently suffered a dislocated shoulder and they popped it back in, as you can do, and he played the rest of the playoffs. And they knew this surgery might be an eventuality, but they didn't go ahead and pull the trigger on it when he already had another surgery. And now we are left to pay the consequences. Why don't you start there, Ian? How do you feel about um, that aspect of it? Waiting over Mm -hmm. the summer, not getting it done during the summer, which granted was a short summer for Mm -hmm. us, which is probably part of the logic. But um, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about the injury? And then we'll talk about some of the consequences. Um, I knew that he had shoulder issues. It dated back to the 2017-2018 season when he had surgery right after we missed the playoffs, losing to the Avalanche that year in the last game of the season. Um but like you said, this play didn't look like anything major. And if this is what's hurting him, especially because they didn't do surgery over the summer, it is a little peculiar. Is... It makes me wonder if it's been getting worse in these first 13 games. Mm-hmm. If I would hope they looked at it over the summer and said, this is a slight concern, but it hasn't hit our threshold of we need to do surgery. Maybe it holds up. Mm-hmm. That's a little concerning that they just go, well, we'll kind of bet on black here and just hope it works out. But at the same time, I also understand that they're not going to have him do or have surgery on his shoulder, Tarasenko's shoulder, if they really just don't think he needs it. Mm -hmm. I choose to believe that it, other than this play, it sort of deteriorated quickly over these first 13 games of the season mm-hmm. and that's unfortunate but i'm hoping i'm hoping whatever surgery is getting now or has had is better or different <laughs> than the surgery he got two years ago uh-huh. because he needs it to be better yeah um it concern it concerns me i think he'll be all right overall but the robbie fabriness of everything scares me a little yeah uh, and this is one of those injuries now that I'm watching the replay over and over again uh, is just you see it and it looks so innocent that you're like, uh oh, mm-hmm. you know, like when a when a running back tries to cut in the middle of the field, and nobody's around and he just collapses and you're like, oh, is ACL exploited because <laughs> like there's no other explanation yeah, for what just happened. happened. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean. The shoulder, the repeat shoulder thing is concerning. Um, Doug Armstrong said he's a top player in our game and he's going to be missed, but our team is built as a sum of all the parts. It's going to be a great opportunity for some of our younger players. I think the key for our group right now is not taxing a small group of players. I don't think we have O'Reilly, Shin, and Schwartz consume all this ice time. It's going to have to come from other guys. We're going to have to have strength in numbers, and I believe we can get it done. Um, yeah, <laughs> sure. I mean, that's yeah. your only option, really. Uh, what do we think about lineup changes in the team's forward core moving forward? Which was your question, but mm. I'm asking it. I was like, you answer it. Um, you gave this fun fact here. You want to read it or you want yeah. me to? Yeah, uh, Tarasenko came into this year having scored at least 30 goals in each of his past five seasons, scoring a total of 185 goals since 2015. Only two players in the entire NHL have scored more goals over that time. Alexander Ovechkin, surprise, surprise, with 245, and John Tavares with 186. Uh, that's courtesy of Pete Blackburn of CBS Sports and mm-hmm. also Twitter fame. 
Um, and I mean, Bostonian origin. It, Although he did seem legitimately yeah, upset about this injury. Yeah, he seemed sad about this injury. Uh, we kind of overlook how prolific. Yeah, Pilate that's what I was going to say. Because we keep thinking it's a disappointment <coughs> that he is not getting to forty, mm-hmm. and we keep forgetting that he's getting to high thirties every year, and mm-hmm. that's something not a lot of people. Yeah, do. consistently, and it mm-hmm. just even if it's streaky. I mean, goals are goals, so it, he gets to that well, mark he, every time. He wins games in a you know one at a time when mm-hmm. he's hot. So. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> that is what concerns me a little bit, is when he does get hot, he kind of carries the team, and uh-huh. if we don't have that, we could be a little more sunk. I think this yeah. team rallies a lot better, especially after having won a cup than they ever did before, mm. but it does concern me if our scoring goes down, he's not there as the one guy yeah. who can score anymore. Yeah, I feel like we can talk about the team bigger picture, too, as as we go through mm-hmm. these games. I think just in the... In the short term, obviously this sucks. This mm. blows massive chunks, both because we just love Tarasenko, don't want him to go through this, and because, you know, at the end of the day, he's probably sunk behind O'Reilly and maybe even Bennington and Petrangelo to a certain extent as like the star of this team, mm. but he's still our most dynamic offensive threat. And this year he was showing a lot more ability to create plays too than he had in the past and looked like he could be, you know, if he got the goals going, he could really be on track for kind of a a career season. Uh, So that sucks. There is an element of this, as as Doug Armstrong kind of alluded to, that is fortuitous Mm -hmm. because we had a system that was overloaded with talent with not enough places to play them and now one of the massive massive spots in the lineup is gone Mm -hmm. and you're not replacing Vladimir Tarasenko that's not the question you're asking because no one player is going to get 35-ish goals Mm -hmm. you know this season uh although maybe Brandon Shen will (laughs) but that yeah uh that's only because he's halfway done but um (laughs) But you've got to fill the hole, like Armstrong said, by um, spreading his workload. Mm. One of the things, and, and I th- we can talk about this a little bit too as the games go on, but I think one of the things that was interesting is he said O'Reilly, Shin, and Schwartz, and I think he's leaving out Perron. I don't think we as a fan base are giving David Perron enough credit for having fully leveled up Mm. like he's not just a middle six body anymore he is a top six star Mm. i think he's been at a point per game pretty much ever since he left for vegas he's a point per game right now this season he was most of the way he was a past a point per game place when he got injured last year Mm. and then he came back and was still pretty good i just think we kind of ignore him we kind of write him off as like a 40 point guy maybe a 50-point guy, and I think he's probably like a 60-plus-point guy at this point. But all that to say, um, um, all that is to say just I think he's a big part of this going forward too, obviously. But who do you look at as the potential, you know, guys who Perron and those other three are not necessarily Mm. stepping into a more heightened role? Who do you see immediately benefiting from this role we saw robert thomas play Mm -hmm. with 
the top line. Well, that would be my that'd be my initial answer. Is like yeah. that's who should get top line minutes. Mm-hmm. But it seems like at least for these last two games, they've had it be Sammy Blay, which is an interesting one. Um, I'm not opposed to it necessarily either. And we can <coughs> excuse me, we can talk about that a little bit when we get to the Minnesota game, because that seemed to be where he was getting uncontested time there. He wasn't getting moved around at all. He played with yes. Schwartz and Shen which the entire is time, especially how he started. That's called a teaser, mm-hmm. folks. But it's interesting because even for if you're not looking at exactly who's playing on the top line, you do now get to slot in Blay and Samford and McEachern even, all in the starting lineup. I mean, you pretty much only have one scratch now in, like, Fabry or whoever you might want to put in. There's not a couple forward sitting. There's just one. Our wheel of bodies has sort of turned into they are all playing now, which is I kind of like because at least you get to see what you have mm-hmm. on a nightly basis. You get to sink or swim with these guys and then... I don't know, come this spring or come the summer, you can say, okay, they played a full season. This is what they did for us. This is what we have moving forward. This is what changes we need to make. Or hopefully maybe some of these guys uh, took the opportunity by the horns and really showed their stuff and became consistent, you know, point getters and uh, players on the ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's, I mean, yeah, Thomas, I want to see get that top line action. And we'll talk about him concern about his shooting tendencies or lack thereof but uh we'll talk about that in the minnesota game but i think the the obvious choice is for him to move up Mm -hmm. and be on the wing of that top line and try to create for those guys and then um enter player x can step into his role on the third line uh and two or three of those players that are options there. Something just went bump in the night. It was my chair. Uh, but it was spooky. <laughs> it was terrifying. Oh, he's got one. He's got him in the chamber. <laughs> uh, two or three of those players are in the AHL. One of them, of course, is uh, Quim Costin. Mm-hmm. Very popular name. Jordan Cairo hasn't quite started his, hasn't quite gotten back into game action. They're hoping yeah. maybe this weekend. And then Nathan Walker, the Australian, yeah. who was AHL Player of the Week and has currently has like a two-point-per-game pace, which obviously you wouldn't expect to keep up, but mm. maybe. And unless this team starts losing really poorly, or one of these players is just a standout, you know, uh, poor performance night in and night out, I don't see us calling people up to just to fill regular roles. Mm-hmm. I think you probably were going to get to this too, but like... Doug Armstrong pretty much said that the AHL is a developmental league and they like to use it like that mm-hmm. for the young guys. And so why call Clem Costin up when he's going to play a game and then sit a game for Fabry, then play another game, but get moved around the lineup when right now, I don't know what line he's on, but I'm assuming he's playing top six minutes down in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no reason to put them up. You, there's a reason to put them up here and try them. I'm all for that. But don't ride them, any of these guys, other than Nathan Walker or whatever, any of our young guys, for like 10-plus games where they're only playing half of them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think the argument for any of those guys is they should, if you're going to give them a shot, they should come up and just get a spot. Yeah. And um, that's the unfortunate thing about this team and has been the whole year. I mean, it's a good problem to have, and now it's a different problem because Tarasenko's gone, but you still have too many people for too few spots. Um, I think 
Walker is interesting. I think people are a little overexcited about him. Uh, for those who don't know Nathan Walker, he was the first Australian-born player in the NHL, uh, and he won a cup with the Capitals, but he's played 12 NHL games. Uh, yes, he's played 12 in his career. What, the one playoff game where he did get an assist? He has two points in 12 regular season games, and in the playoffs he has one goal in, oh, or one assist, okay. sorry, and one game played. Okay. Um, which, you know, fine. There are people who yes. are peripheral. Yeah. AHL, Sometimes or, you only get so many. I mean, again, yeah. the the Capitals have a wealth right. of great forwards. Yeah. So what's he going to do? Not like he was, yeah. If he yeah. spent a lot of years on Ottawa and didn't get any point in time, then you've got Woof. a concern. But um, all I'm saying is I think a lot of people see that he's real hot in the AHL right now. And they're like, this guy's an established NHL guy, and now he's back to his, you know, old standard. And it's like, let's pump the brakes. It'd be fun. I'd love to have an interview with him, hear his accent. That's all great, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Look, give me your accent, then you can beat it. Just say good day, would you? And he then... played for Washington, and then he played for... Edmonton? Edmonton, yeah. and then back to Washington. I don't know if he was waived or traded. Or... Oh, for some reason, I thought he was old. No, he's, he's... pretty young. Yeah. Uh, but in any case, he's, he's interesting. He's 24. Kairu is not healthy yet. I kind of think this wouldn't be as much of a discussion if he was. Um, what's interesting to me is what will happen when the next injury happens. That's true. Because there will be others. It's hockey, whether it's two weeks or two months. When Jane, Jane Schwartz, Schwartz goes down. Yeah. So, when Jane Schwartz takes uh, one to the face. Yikes. Um, but... That's when things start to get interesting, and and I don't want to linger here much longer, but uh, any thoughts on specifically, I know you kind of touched in general, but mm. any thoughts specifically on that triad of Costin, Kairou, and uh, Walker? I know in in my heart of hearts, I want to see Costin get the call, call up just mm. so he can have that moment, even if he's back down in a week or two, mm. and on the grind again. I'd just like him to have that little taste because he has worked really hard this year, but they're smarter than I am and actually know him and talk to him. And maybe he, you know, I'm in my head. He's desperate, desperate, desperate at all costs mm. to get to the NHL. Maybe he's chilled on that a little bit. You know, I don't know. They talk to him. I don't. But he anyway, loves the AHL. <laughs> your um, thoughts in general on those guys. I would agree with that. I would, of all those guys, I would hope cost him get the call up first and, actually get some playing time, mm. like full games, full minutes on the third line, I would guess. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. It's it's interesting. If you get a role player that goes down, I could see Nathan Walker popping right up. You know, you get Barbara Shaver, Sunquist hurt. He's going to be the first one up. Uh, and like you said, Kyra is still coming back from his ankle uh, injury. So yeah, I like I would like to see Costin. I just don't think it's going to happen until, yeah. I guess, yeah, supposedly another injury. Whatever that will be, that's a premonition. <laughs> I mean, it's going to happen. It's hockey. Mm -hmm. It's weird. Like, the Tarasenko thing resets your baseline almost, mm -hmm. you know? It's almost like an aberration on a thing that's already going to happen regardless. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it sucks, but I don't think it torpedoes this team, but I do think it lowers the ceiling a little bit. And we'll talk about mm. that as we go through 
the games. Do you have anything more you want to say on that right now? The only thing I'll say is there might be just a hidden present in the fact that if he comes back in the playoffs and is he's he'll be able to skate. He'll be up to game speed yeah. as far as like skating. Uh-huh. Shot and everything and passing will be a little off, but like he could be a breath of fresh air yeah. for a team that's super tired. Yeah, for sure. That'd be great. It'd be nice to see him have that run. Always he had look on in, the bright side. Um, was a fit sixteen. Mm. And the Bacchus and Brower year where he led the team in points with like 20 playoff points. That'd be nice. Um, <clears throat> the other big NHL news of the week on Tuesday, the Nashville Predators signed their captain, uh, defenseman Romeo Yossi, to an eight-year $72.472 million contract extension. Why .472, you ask, Ian? Well, it works out to $9.059 million per year because Roman Yossi wears... Number 59, and this is a thing that we have to do in the NHL now. So, terrific. Great. Wonderful. Um, Roman Yossi is important because he is comparable to Alex Petrangelo. He's not important on his own in any way. Screw the Nashville Predators. This is all about us. So yeah, He's a Swiss Alex <laughs> Petrangelo. He signs an eight-year, roughly, let's just say nine for the purposes of this conversation, nine per season. Uh, I like this a lot, but why don't you go ahead and do this stat comparison mm. on the two players that you're talked about? Yes, so Yossi and Petro are very comparable. Uh, these stats, as a disclaimer, I did not count Petro's first two seasons. Those were both while well, he was in juniors and then came up for like a nine-game trial and then left. Mm-hmm. So really, he started in about 11-12, mm, or maybe it was 10-11, and then Yossi started in 11-12. So anyways, 10-year ten ten year career for Petro, nine-year career for Yossi here. So career average points per game, Yossi has 0.63, and Petra has 0.58. Just a difference of 0.05 points per game, not a big deal. And then career average point share, Yossi has 7.38, and Petra has 7.82. So a higher point share, which I'd believe. I think Yossi was used in a more limited role when he started. Mm. I mean, when he started, they still have Weber and Suter. They at least had Suter. Yeah. For at least a, a season or two. I think that, well, they at least have Weber for yeah. a season or two because they have Weber longer, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Because he's, didn't, hasn't he been on $4 million a year for eight years? Like that was his extension because gross. Mm-hmm. He was making $4 million. Yikes. I guess he's making I it mean, now, currently. Right now, currently. Yeah, yeah but that is frightening uh, as someone has the audacity to message me on Slack at. 935. Mm-hmm. Time to chop them into little pieces and hide them in your basement. What is a Halloween word that could describe someone messaging me on Slack at 9.35 p.m., which is probably 10.35 p.m. for them because I work with mostly East Coast people. It would make me want to put them in a tomb. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. Uh, so... Petro, by these stats, is very comparable mm-hmm. to Roman Yossi. And, unfortunately and unfortunately for us, Petrangelo captained the team to the cup. That's true. Uh, Petrangelo also doesn't live in a no-tax state. Mm-hmm. Roman Yossi has a tax-free state in Tennessee. 
and uh, that's a big advantage for him, obviously. Uh, but Petrangelo does not have a tax-free state. Mm-hmm. But other, my my first reaction when I saw this was, "There's Alex Petrangelo's ceiling," and now I'm like, "Eh, maybe not, but maybe it should be." I think if you can make a little over, not a lot over. I think if you're Doug Armstrong, this is a gift to you. Because mm-hmm. if Roman Yossi goes out and signs for 11 for a season... Bye-bye. Then Alex Petrangelo's walking. Because mm-hmm. you can't give him that. You just can't. Um, if Alex Petrangelo or if Roman Yossi signs at 9, you can say, Hey, we'd like to sign you at 9.27 or whatever oh, the God. shit. But... Um, <laughs> That's your bargaining chip? Is you're going to be like... Dude, don't you want to be hip and cool? All the kids are signing with their number in it. You got to sign for 9.027. You can sign him for 9.053 because this team waited 53 years, 52 years, excuse mm. me. So 9.052 for this day. Like how about 2.7 million? There you we know, go. for your number. Yeah. <laughs> Think about how cool Think that would be. It. Think about it. Um,. What would you do if he did just sign for some, like, laughably team-friendly number? Like, even reasonably, like, 7.5 or something yeah. and just die of laughter? That'd be, that'd be intense. Yeah. I mean, I think that would I'd have, shift. I'd have an experience. I think that would uh, piss off some players. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I, percentage right now, what's your percentage feeling that Alex Petrangelo does re-sign with the St. Louis boys. I'm up to, or down for, I don't know. I'm at 75%. I still think there's a little inkling that maybe I could see this getting, you know, it's November tomorrow, okay. It's December, okay, that's no big deal. January, you know, February, you know, hmm. Then you hit March and you go, okay, <laughs> I guess not. And then it's April and it's a new. Yeah. So I think in the, if he is going to resign, he's going to resign in the next three months. I'm putting January 31st as the last date. If you hit February, I don't think he's resigning here. Yeah. If. Go ahead. Because oh, you're going to probably. Oh, I thought you were going to ask the question. And. No, go ahead. No, I just. Vladimir Tarasenko is out for the year. Mm. If we get to the trade deadline and Alex Petrangelo is unsigned, mm. Alex and Vladimir Tarasenko is still out, obviously he will be then, and you're not sure if he'll be back by playoffs. And you're sort of so-so in the playoff line. I mean, you're in probably, mm. but not dominantly in. Do you consider trading Alex Petrangelo? Well, he also has a no move, doesn't Shite. he? Yeah, probably. But do you listen? <laughs> but do I, I guess you do listen. I, do I make him submit the list? Regardless. But... Or does he have a full no? Like, you can just say no to anything. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'd start asking him, for sure. Okay, okay. I don't know if anything gets done, but I'd start I just, asking him. Uh, he's the one I wanted to sign. <laughs> Why, Braden? Why did you take <laughs> Alex's money? <laughs> 
I, don't I want, need more money. I don't want to be that guy and Braden's been red hot, but it's like, no, you were supposed to do Alex first and then we could worry about Braden. And if you traded him at the deadline, I'd be like, eh. But with Alex, uh, just get it done. I just think, do it. I think he'll be resigned. I just think somehow, some way, I could. There's still oh, yeah. a thing where it hits February and I go, uh oh. Oh boy. Oh <laughs> boy. This yeah, hasn't happened yet. Uh, when you start looking at Pareko all funny. Let's take a trip around the NHL real quick. Um, so much to see. <laughs> like so much to be frightened by. Mm. Speaking of frightening, Jim Rutherford. There are sometimes <laughs> I think Jim Rutherford is the worst general manager in hockey. But then I remember it's Bob Murray boom roasted. So <laughs> Murray trades Andreas Martinson and a seventh round pick this earlier this week to re- acquire Eric. Good Branson from the Philadelphia Penguins, Philadelphia Penguins, Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> They're both upset. Proving as <laughs> deeply, proving once again that teams will just line up to bail out Pittsburgh and Chicago. Just, mm-hmm. just get in line. Can we have that now that we're cup chance? Do we get in I on that? I don't think so. Oh, we're a dirty backwater that... city. <laughs> Folks, I'm just speaking the truth. Andreas Martinson is an almost 30-year-old AHL defenseman and a seventh-round pick. They gave up an almost 30 AHL defenseman and a seventh-round pick for Eric Goodbranson. That means they gave up literally nothing for Eric Goodbranson, <laughs> and they still surrendered way too much. <laughs> Thoughts on this deal? So he's so bad, Eric Goodbranson <laughs> is, that... How the, bad is That he? the Jets, who are hemorrhaging defensemen, saw what could be offered for him and said, no, nah, we don't want to offer that either. Yeah. We're not offering a seventh round pick. We'll do fine with no defenseman back here. We'll Thank give you, you very a ninth much. round pick. Yeah. <laughs> you want a ninth round pick? Eric, as we've said before, I'm sure as everyone said before, Eric Bad Branson. <laughs> ninth round pick is if we find out we're both offering the same player a two way contract in free agency, we'll let you get <laughs> it. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. Um, yeah, just wow. I mean, he can't move, he's no good. Today's NHL is not Eric Goodbranson's NHL. Ian, let's play a little game called Trick or Treat, lifted directly from the NHL Network. These are a series of facts that are currently true about this league, and you're going to tell me if it's a trick, meaning it's false, or a treat, meaning it's true. And will upset my tummy. That's right. Absolutely. So speaking of upset tummies, the Capitals have purged from their drinking binge of a year and a half ago and are currently in the catbird seat for the president's trophy with i believe 25 points what's a catbird seat i don't know but it does mean like the ideal seat okay but i don't know where the expression comes from uh but it's uh, it didn't spell correct so it is okay. a word old man that listens to this podcast please or old cat yeah <laughs> by you all means yell into your gramophone <laughs> that you used to listen to this podcast because we do we do put out on vinyl yeah we do absolutely every every episode is available at vintage vinyl Great sponsor of the podcast. Big friends, do yeah. not mention our name. Do not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> trick or treat, and do the Washington Capitals win the President's Trophy? Uh, treat. Ooh. Because, sure. 
that because we're gonna. I mean, the there's too much upheaval. Gibberish. Yeah. But... Well, they've won it plenty of times. Mm-hmm. There's lots of upheaval. Oilers are good now. Buffalo's good now. I'm sure we'll get to these. But some things have to stay the same. Uh-huh. And the Capitals just being an overall great regular season team always has to be the case. <laughs> regular season. Um, Leon Dreisaitl currently leads the league with 25 points. True or false, trick or treat, excuse me, oh, this boy. has nothing to do with true or false. Does Leon Dreisaitl win the Art Ross Trophy at the end of the year? Mm, trick. Who do you think it is? Oh, see, I knew you were going to ask David that. David Pasternak, he's uh, one point behind. Connor McDavid, just, you know, a couple <laughs> points yeah. above Leon Dreisaitl. Wake up, wake up, Leon, we're going to the playoffs. Mm. We're getting bounced by the Canucks. Well, well, that'd be fun. <laughs> that would be a great series. Uh, Ian, John Carlson, not to be confused with the other John Carlson, is third in the league with 23 points. Trick or treat, John Carlson wins the Norris Trophy. His second? Did he win the year they went to the Cup? I think he's won before, yeah. yeah I think so. Um, treat. I think you can do it. I think Alex Petrangelo. Well, that's a fucking trick. <laughs> a trick if I've ever heard one, folks. Don't let him feed you that crap uh, that's filled with razor blades. It's true, it's true. He has never won a Norris Trophy. Really? He finished fourth and fifth the last two Wow, years. not even top three. Jibroni. So not even nomin- nominated. Okay. Uh, never Ian, mind. Trick or treat, do these coaches have jobs at the end of November? Oh, it's going to be lots of tricks. Bruce Boudreaux. The Wild, the no, Minnesota Wild. that's a wild, treat. That's for sure he has a job. They currently have, I believe, seven points. Seven points. It might be nine. Let well, I think check. they're at eight. Eight points. I jumped right Man. in. Eight points. They're, two, they're a win away they are from ten four points. four and nine. Yeah. They haven't even had the dignity of a Batman loss. Yikes. Yeah, they're like an actually bad team. <laughs> yes. Um, but he'll still be there, though. They won't fire him because they're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, the Tampa Bay Lightning currently sit at 6-4-2, which is well above Bettman 500, but is real 500. They have 14 points. They are outside of a playoff spot following a President's Trophy season, which was followed by a four-game playoff exit. Does John Carlson have a job at the end of November? John Cooper. Sorry, I went back and read John Carlson's name. <laughs> Treat, he does. He does. Got that big contract. Got Mm. that big contract. Speaking of big contracts, Mike Babcock is head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. He is 6-5-3, very much under regular 500. Uh, With 13 being almost the most games played in the league. 14, sorry, being, yes, the most games played in the league. Um, they have 15 points. They currently sit in the final wild card spot in the Eastern Conference. Ian, does Mike Babcock have a job at the end of November? Trick. No, no, no. I take it back. I take it back. I take it right back. I tricked you with a trick. <laughs> it's a treat because Kyle Dubas. Does not have the cojones <laughs> to fire Mike Babcock. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? Oh, Brendan Shanahan is just going to look at him and be like, what are you going to do, Kyle? You're <laughs> a child. <laughs> More like child do. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, the uh, New Jersey Devils overhauled their season. Um, 
overhauled their team, supposedly, in the summer, landing first overall pick Jack Hughes, trading for P.K. Subban, and doing, as several teams at the bottom of the NHL standings have done, by the way, they may want to make note of this, nothing about their goaltending situation. <laughs> they are now 2-5-3 and three with seven points tied for the last place in the NHL. Ian, does Lord Voldemort, a.k.a. John Hines, have a job at the end of November? That's a trick. You think he's gone? He's gone. He's got to be. I'm shocked he's still there now. Didn't like a couple weeks ago, their like assistant GM was like... Started moved to just, the bench. Yeah, just going to hang just out, like, checking out. Yoink. Just going to see for himself what was going on. Oh, hey, John. Oh, just going to sneak past you yeah. there. Uh, finally, speaking of teams that did absolutely nothing about their goaltending situation... The San Jose Sharks are 4-8-1 and one with nine points, setting second to last in the Pacific Division. Does Pete DeBoer have a job at the end of November? That's a treat. He most certainly does. <sighs> I guess the dentist realizes that you can't fire him because it's his own damn fault. <laughs> um, maybe, yeah, I believe that. The dentist is a stickler. And he, Steven, he hates that. I hate. Sure he hates being called the dentist. Called him the dentist, but let me tell you why. Ian. it's because when he gets you in the chair, mm-hmm. doesn't let go. He doesn't mm-hmm. let go. Have you ever been to a dentist and you're like, I need to get up for a moment, and they strangle you yeah. and hold you down? <laughs> yeah. It happens all the yeah, time. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly it's what dentists kidnapping, do. Kidnapping, regular basis, <laughs> yeah. all the time. Oh, boy. Stupid name. (laughs) (laughs) Let me give you two final Blues-related trick-or-treats, and then we can move on to the games. Ian, Alex Petrangelo is currently on a 31-goal (laughs) trick-or-treat. Does he reach 20 this year? How many does he have now? Five. He has five. Trick. He gets... He gets... (laughs) Brutal. 12. (laughs) He gets 12. (laughs) (laughs) What's the most he's ever had? 15 and 17. I was right. 18. Okay. Yeah, you were right. 12. He gets um, 12. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yikes. That is, that's hardcore. It's a drop off. Uh, Ask me about his assist, though. A thousand. <laughs> a thousand. Well, well, then I think he probably wins the Norris Trophy. Yeah. I think we're probably He right. does not. <laughs> As I told you, John Carlson will be winning the Norris. Uh, finally, the Blues are currently on a 107-point pace, Ian Trick or treat, do they pass 105? Ooh, it's like a faint soul. They don't have one, they're on 107, but they go 105. Um, let's see what you did there. Mm-hmm. You just asked me a basic question. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was tricky. That's a trick. They're going to go, they'll, what did we so finish six, with last year? points, nice. Uh, finished with nine, 197, 197, I think 97. Okay. 2018-19 NHL standings. Spooky scary. (laughs) Lipton's 99. 99? That's like 30 more than very nice. I think we get 97. Ooh. 97.1 Joy FM. I bet you we don't break 100. Oh. I'm sorry. uh, We're going to tank. We're going to tank real hard. In speaking of tanking real hard, shall we go into these games? <laughs> they're a they're a grab bag of ridiculousness. Yeah, that's a real that's a real. It's uh, a real. Each one of them is an adventure all their own. 
each one's like its its own kind of candy. Like, let's figure out let's which, what kind of candy yeah, each game as is. We, as we yeah. go on. And uh, Ian, if you were going to describe the threesome <laughs> as <laughs> some sort of Halloween-related word, uh, and if I were going to stall to give you time to mm. find such a Halloween-related word, what do you think that word would be if you had one at the tip of the tongue, which you clearly do? Mausoleum. <laughs> <laughs> so are we just is it just burial sites now? Is yeah, I know. It's like they're all that. Um, no, it was <laughs> one of them was too mean. Um, <laughs> what was it? Now we gotta know. <laughs> oh, you'll never know. <laughs> You're gonna save it. It's unearthly. Ah, there we go. These were unearthly. I like it. Uh, the Blues go to the Boston Bruins and lose three to nothing in what would be described by some as a shutout. <laughs> only, only by some. Uh, Tarasenko isn't on the road trip. I wonder how that's going to turn out. Blay These are fun. is approved to We're having a good time. To the lineup. And the first period starts with a couple of offsetting minors. It's chippy. The Blues haven't been in the Boston Garden since they won the Stanley Cup there. Greatest greatest shit tweet I've ever seen from the Blues account was when they posted a picture of their locker room from this game. Oh, yeah, and yeah. then from, like, totally trashed after the Cup celebration. And they were like, Queen and Crew did a really good job. <laughs> the Blues Twitter doesn't didn't play that Vegas Golden Knights game very often, mm. but that was a good one. I like yeah, that was good. Um... Char and Shin got into it because Char's a big goon and Shin's a smaller goon. Uh, Krug had a holding the stick on Perron, who was roughing him later, and it was a back-and-forth game until David Pasternak scored his first goal after his 10th goal of the season. <laughs> I'm all over the place Ten plus tonight. one. Uh, neither of us are, has any sleep, and we're both dying because it's skeletal tonight uh and tory krug and brad marchand assisted there were 28 points altogether on these uh, just on this play not counting their goals uh so you know pretty good team there uh right. pretty run-of-the-mill power play goal here pastor nick pastor knock winds up for a giant slapper and it gets through bennington when it shouldn't he may not totally see it around slash through bortuzzo uh, but it doesn't matter. It's got to be stopped. And just one nothing into the end of the first period. What did you think about our first period of play? You know, by the eye, it looked pretty good. Or it looked at least even. Uh -huh. Statistically speaking, when we get to that, it wasn't great. But I actually thought we played with a lot of pep and a lot of, a lot of uh, jump in our step in a very hostile environment. Uh -huh. Despite the fact that we won plenty of games in the playoffs there, you still get a little worried playing in TD Garden. And it was nice to see us come out and at least hold them to just a goal. Other than this Bennington stinker, I'll say, that he kind of let it, you know, he gets a piece of it, rolls in. Um, I thought he played really well. Uh -huh. I thought that our fourth line was humming. I thought the top line, which I don't know if they had Blay on the top line. I think Thomas was, was on it Thomas? Thomas one, yeah. I thought they looked pretty good. I, Thomas, again, and we'll talk about it throughout the games, um, likes to defer. He knows how young he is, and he thinks that that means he cannot 
do the things an adult can do unless he defers. Big Walt told me I can't do adult things. Yeah, sorry, I gotta keep passing. I couldn't order adult films on his TV. (laughs) Well, if I can't do that, then I guess I'm not shooting the NHL. Thanks a lot. You're not my dad. Um, Yeah. So, but overall, I thought the period was good. One nothing in Boston. I'll, I'll take it. That's a victory. <laughs> Not technically, no, but, no. you know, basically. Why uh, am I saying this to against a team we beat? I don't like know. Like four one in there. <laughs> I have like. Didn't we win exclusively? And we what lost one game in Boston in that series? Yeah, just the first one. Yeah, and one one at home. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know why I have this like syndrome of being like, oh, they're just so good, and we just have a whole. <laughs> can possibly. Uh, they are really good this year, but mm-hmm. you're totally right. Um. Second period, shorthanded goal for the Bruins. Anders Bjork scores his first goal in, I think, a while. I think he, like, was gone, like, seriously hurt or something. Mm. I saw in a tweet, but I don't know Anders Bjork from Adam Bjork. So. He didn't play in the playoffs last year, did no, he? No. Okay. So he must have been. Uh, Matt Grizzlick, which, thank God for the playoffs, I know how to pronounce that. And Danton Heinen on the assists. Danton Heinen, not related in any way to Dan Heinote, although that may be his American form. That's like when a Pokemon's got one name in Japan and another name in America. It's Danton Heinen in Japan and Dan Heinen. You think we're lazy with like Charizard as Charred and Wizard and they'll have ones that are just like Fire, Iguana, (laughs) if you just look at it like, okay, whatever. The ones that I love were the Mega Man ones too, where it was like in the first few games they were like, oh... We'll, you know, keep the names different when we change them over. And then, like, informed by they were just like, eh, this one's Rainy Turtloid. Americans <laughs> will figure it out. Whatever, you got it. You got to beat them. <laughs> so, uh, as we were saying, as everyone knows, Danton Heinen is the Rainy Turtloid of the Dan Heinen-Dan Heinout relationship. Uh, the Bruins have a three-on-two. We've isolated everyone. <laughs> show that's our goal every, every episode. This is just the hundredth time we've done it. And also the 133rd. Uh, the Bruins have a three-on-two with Barbashev scampering back to assist Petrangelo. He fails. McEachern <laughs> and Blay both get caught off ice, laying a hit on Connor Clifton. Connor Clifton is not worth that much of your attention, gentlemen, mm-hmm. especially when there's only four of you on the ice. Bjork passes to Grizzly as they enter the zone, who passes back for the one-timer who roofs it over Bennington, and that's essentially the game. They get an empty netter in the final minute. Brandon Carlo assisted. Pareko tried to get the puck into the zone, and he could not. Carlo chipped it out through the bodies, and it's on net, and it's 3 to nothing effectively, basically a 2 to nothing loss. Uh, shots were very even. The Blues had two more power plays. Each team got four opportunities, although some of those were offsetting. Uh, hits were 27 to 22 Blues and 11 to 8 blocks for the Bruins, and each team had nine giveaways. Pretty even game in the traditional stats. Ian, what do the advanced stats tell us? Awful. Um, <laughs> Blues in the first period, this is even strength. They had 33% of the course E4. It got better as the game went along. 35% in the second period. It's not a great improvement, but almost 70%, 69.57 in the third. Uh, we also had our shots increased from that point on, too. We had five in the first, four in the second, and nine in the third period. It in- was a little more... It felt more even at the beginning, uh-huh. even though they had the better of the play, and yeah. even though we... 
had the puck more at the end, it felt like we were a little more lost at the end, if that makes That's sense. That's fair. I didn't get to see much of this one because I had mm. a Halloween party that night. I didn't dress up. I'm oh, a, I'm wow. A I put on a Hufflepuff hat, and I was a lazy wizard. Very creative, I know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> would you say, is there an argument that even though we were 2-1 and one in these three games, this one, which was the one, was our best game? Yeah, I'd say our <laughs> loss definitely looked like our best game. Like, this looked like our most complete game. Um, again, Boston, to give them as much credit as they're due, are quite good right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, to start the season, I think they only have two regulation losses. And Tuka Rask, I believe, is a top five goalie right now in the league in terms of goals against and uh, save percentage. He looked outstanding. Mm-hmm. I don't think we got enough traffic in front of him. We put some nice shots on. We got a few um, shots where we were getting a move in you know, east-west. But the problem was, I just don't think we took away his eyes ever. Phenol- uh, Rask is really good. I almost called him phenomenal because that's what you called him in the, in the notes. And as you pointed out so brilliantly on Twitter, you know, uh, the Bruins had to win this. Yeah, game. this was a this was like a must win for the Bruins, and it this was like their revenge yeah. game. And for the boys, it's, uh, just visiting yeah. Boston. Hey, that's where I blacked out. Uh, and that's about <laughs> and that's it. it. You know, the sad thing about this is. The next game we play Boston and the one other game well, they'll, when they'll be in St. Louis is our second-to-last game of the season. <laughs> and yeah. it'll just be like a who-gives-a-shit game. I'll be, you know, you're either, hopefully, God, I hope. Yeah. I hope this isn't like a win-it-to-get-in-the-playoffs sort of thing. Yikes. But and they would so love uh, knocking wolf. us out. But, um, yeah, I thought overall this looked like our, our most even game. And then when you say that, especially against a team like Boston, who's, like I said, has been playing phenomenally... That's pretty high praise for a game that you got shut out in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shall we move on? Yeah, let's get... Let's make things worse. Hold on. Whew, hold on, Let's get Steven. weird. I almost forgot. Okay. What kind of candy would this oh. game be? Um... Let's see. It tries real hard, but it doesn't deliver. And I had one last year I loved so much, and I can't use it again, but we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, you got to remind me, though, because yeah. now I'm interested. Tries real hard, doesn't deliver. This is a... Uh, this is a... I'm going to say this is a Snickers bar. Interesting. Snickers bars, a little overrated. <laughs> you know what? They're good. They got the I packaging. Agree. They've got the hype. Yeah, they got plenty of marketing. <laughs> yeah, but then you bite into it. You're not you. Like when I you're don't hungry. feel like I'm no longer Doris Day. I feel like I'm just the same grumpy person. Except now I've got trans fat scores in the remote. <laughs> 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 I'll say this too. I I don't mind nuts in my in my candy bars and chocolate. It kind of feels like too much nuts in there. I don't know. Yeah, That's just me. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah, I would agree. That's what I was thinking. I was like. Snickers, because I kind of like Milky Way, and then Snickers is like, yeah, but we're fucking Snickers, baby. And they're like, yeah, but whatever. You, you you tried your best, Snickers. You're, you're number one by your own word, uh, but you came up short when it counted. Yeah, I like Which that. is in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Everything counts in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it counts. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so... This gets weird fast. Yeah. These other two games. <laughs> Woo! 
Real thrill rides. What a, not the what fun a roller coaster, ride. yeah. Before the so the the Boston game happened in Boston at six PM in Boston. Uh seven PM in Boston, I guess, six PM here. Um mm. the Detroit game happened the next day at five PM Detroit time. And naturally that means that Bennington and Allen were supposed to start back to back games, but Allen had the flu. I think mm. legitimately. Oh, Apparently yeah. he lost 15 pounds. Jesus Christ. Which he was not like a heavy person to begin yeah, with. Yeah, I was like, if I lost 15 pounds, I would be deceased. <laughs> uh, he was very ill, couldn't play, which forced Bennington inning into action. Inning into? Inning into? I couldn't do it. I wanted to. Mm. It was funny when I wrote it. Not funny when I said it. Uh, and uh, what's what's this? We have a question. We have a question, ladies and gentlemen. Mailbag noise. Right? <laughs> wee, 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 wee. An emergency mailbag. <laughs> what did you want? What noise did you want? The question? Know. The Jeopardy noise? Ian wants the Jeopardy noise. Okay. So this question comes from Drew, uh, a.k.a. the Earthmaster on the... Uh, Reddit machine, and Drew asked, Hi, Stephen. That's my legal name. I uh, don't want anyone ever hear it again. He said, You've said you're always accepting questions for the podcast, so I've got one I've been mulling for some time. Feel free to ignore if it's not interesting to you or Ian. Oh, Drew, you suffer through listening to us every week. How could we ever be bored by anyone's questions? Yeah, we have, to, we have to answer this. We'd feel bad if we didn't. <laughs> we, we are so sorry. This will be, be the highlight of the show. Of, yeah, this the will be show, the really. most insightful point made on the show by definition of someone else making it. Yeah. Uh, so last year, around December, January-ish, there were rumors that Armstrong and Ken Holland were kicking around an Allen for Howard trade that obviously never materialized. I think at that time you were skeptical that such a trade would be worthwhile, but perhaps I'm misremembering. Assuming Detroit with Iserman would still be interested in that core of a trade. How palatable do you find such a trade now that Bennington is here? And what would you be willing to part with, if anything, on the Blues end to make it happen? I'm very disappointed in the quality of the podcast, but I will oh continue God. to listen and keep the faith oh. that you will get better someday. Thank JK, you. I think you're doing great. Aw. You we, should be disappointed. You our should job, be disappointed, but we need your praise. Our need job it. should be in question. Uh, always, uh, always. <laughs> We're moments away from being fired from our own podcast. <laughs> our self-employed podcast. Uh, I had a co-worker who is the uh, sister-in-law, yeah, I guess sister-in-law, of the CEO of my company say, I think I'm being fired. And I'm like, no, you're not. Anyway, uh, so... Uh, what Drew, a checkered life, you <laughs> Drew has a salient question. Salient, I would say. Uh, J- Jimmy Howard, he's on another one-year deal, yeah? Yeah. This table feels like it's very creaky today, which is appropriate. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, they signed him to a $4 million one-year contract extension. Uh, I'd be all for this deal. Make it happen, Doug. Um, Jimmy Howard is not a good NHL goalie. He's also been in front of a bad team. But he's also been behind a bad team. And if you can get 
one year of a bad contract in exchange for two years of a bad contract, you take the one year. Especially when you have all this extra cap room to play less now play with. Now that Tarasenko's on LTIR, which is the consequence of that trade that mm. we didn't discuss. Um, or that injury. Mm. And isn't Jimmy Howard a red blooded American? <laughs> yes. Unlike that just filthy trash bag Jake. <laughs> He's not even from real Canada. He's from the weird eastern from part. Canada. What's your problem, Jake? Why are you so weird? Our bias has been exposed. <laughs> We're not fond of Newfoundlands. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Howard is from Syracuse, New York, which is about, Hell yeah. which is about as red-blooded as a can, hockey Canadian American can possibly get. So, God, um, I'd do that. Trade. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd do yeah. it. I would definitely do it. I don't know if Ken Holland would do it. And See, here's the argument. Well, now, well, now you can't do it with Ken Holland. You got to do it with oh, Stevie well, yeah, Y, yeah, yeah. which is not He's happening. He's a shark. He's a fucking you know, shark. Stevie Y calls you on the phone. You hang up. Stevie, you want uh, you want lard ass Jake Dochen back on your team? <laughs> Have you been missing Jake Dochen? Ah, you pulled the wool over your eyes. It's uh, Jake Allen, baby. I think I would give them Robbie Fabry to Spice make it this up. <laughs> wow, what a lukewarm you trade. You need youth. You guys want youth? I'm going to give you Jake Allen, but wait. I'm also going to give you <laughs> but Robbie wait, Fabry. There's more for a limited time, if as long as you call during this commercial. Um, How do they know that? I assume they just run the deal. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. just an hour at line. My mistake. <laughs> My mistake <laughs> for believing the TV man <laughs> was telling me the truth. I think about it every time they say it, though, literally. So no judgment here. Um, I mean, yeah, I definitely do this. Jimmy Howard hasn't been good this year. 321 goals against average. 910 save percentage. Not too bad. Uh, neg- 0.56 goals saved above average. Well, excuse me. He's been oh, palatable for playing for an awful team. He is 35 <laughs> years old. Those are rookie numbers, baby. Gotta bump those numbers <laughs> That's up. That's right. Former Calder Cro- Trophy screw job, I think. Because uh, he started 60 games and went 37, 15, and 10 as a rookie. What? And Wait, did he, he win lost it? the Calder Trophy what? to, uh, let's see, let's see, wait for it, 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 Tyler Myers. Oh. Boo. Wow. What a kick to the groin, Jimmy. Jimmy Howard had 13.8 point shares and Tyler Myers had 9.8. Yeesh. God. Woof. Tyler Myers had 48 points as a rookie defenseman. I guess that's... That's what sealed the deal. People are real easy to impress. Jimmy, at least you didn't lose the Calder Trophy Jacques. to Barrett Jackman. Yon Tavares uh, was uh, in fifth place that year. And our very own Tyler Bozak was in 23rd place with two fifth place votes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me. He was 23 at the time. He was in 15th place. Oh, okay. Excuse me. Hey. Excuse me. Hey, real, real impressive. Oh, uh, Stanley Cup champion Michael Delzato was in eighth place with one second place vote and eight fifth place votes. What the fuck? <laughs> and in sixth... I gotta vote for fifth five, place. <laughs> in sixth, there is the one, the only, Nicholas Bergfors. You remember Nicholas Bergfors? Of course, we all do. <laughs> Veteran of 173 NHL games. Anyway... Uh, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I would get rid of Allen's contract at any opportunity. It's not against Allen. The contract, the contract thing is sort of a separate issue 
from whether or not he's a bad goalie. He is a bad goalie. But the contract thing is sort of a separate issue. That, that was blood curdling, yeah. Steven. <laughs> Thank blood you. curdling. Thank you. Uh, but you got to get, you can't have that next year. That's part of the reason I was upset about them keeping it this year. Mm-hmm. Is if you had GMs calling and asking after it, get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have it anymore. Because you can't have it next year. Because your dumbass went out and signed Braden Shen and hasn't even signed Alex Petrangelo yet. Mm-hmm. So, and you've got Vince Dunn to extend. And other things happening. Make, make so, the CC Zaitsev trade. Maybe Howard's worse than Allen. I don't think he would be, but maybe yeah. he's worse. But he's gone after this year. Yeah, exactly. And listen, That's just you term can, and money, baby. You can sell Jake Allen to a rebuilding crappy team. Like, hey, you want a young goalie who will help you get Alex Lafreniere? Then here's Jake Allen. Like, that's, I'm sort of kidding, but I'm sort of not. Like, that's, that's fine. You know, Jake Allen would be, do well in that context. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish our GM was the dentist. I wish he was chokehold and someone down in a chair. That dude's got to get Allen. somebody in a chair. Um, or hit him over the head with one. Ooh, leave a steel folding chair lying around because if wrestlers come over, they might look for something else. Um, yeah, so that's that's my thoughts on that trade. Any any thoughts of your own that you'd like to add? I used to think Jimmy Howard was amazing, and that's when the wings were still fairly good. And On the, blues the were wings bad. of love. I don't know why. So that's Sorry. it. Yeah, he's fine. He's adequate. Maybe my 20 year old self still I would rather right. have Jimmy Howard if Jordan Bennington got injured. Yeah. I know that much. So, good question, Drew. Thank you for your input. Your check's in the mail. Uh, Sammy Blay is black out. <laughs> is back out for this game. Ravi Fabry is in. Is this Ravi Fabry's last game in a blues uniform? Just asking for a friend. Uh, treat it is. Oh my God, he called it. Oh boy. Why not? Tarasenko I'll be wrong, but why not? Still gone, obviously, because he's dead. So, and um, it's, it's a game. game. Time. <laughs> game time, baby. This game made me ill. <laughs> Did you watch this one? I guess I watched the second. And third I guess period. I have the curse of this walkthrough, right? I'm not going to get to pawn it off on you. So my throat's given out, Stephen. <sighs> I think it's all you. Uh, we were up two nothing in this game very early, very early indeed. Braden Shin scores his ninth of the season. That's a great player, Braden Shin. Nine goals, eight assists by Ryan O'Reilly. David Perron, his fourth assist. This is a power play goal that's beginning to become common for us, and I love it. I was I was so positive at the time. Oh man, your sweet Perron cross ice to O'Reilly in the right glove side circle. O'Reilly crashes the net, but at the last second, dishes to Shin on the back door, who opens up, who's open, wide open for the goal. Uh, but who will be the big body on the power play now that Pat Maroon's gone, is what somebody said. You idiot. Um, <laughs> you moron. I wrote it in the SpongeBob text, if you didn't, if that wasn't queer. Um, a few minutes later, five minutes later, Zach Sanford scores his first, and perhaps his only Is this goal Zach Sanford's last game in a Blues jersey? Uh, it wasn't. He played the next yes, game. indeed. Thomas devours Tyler Bertuzzi alive in the circle. Oh! Ah, mm, I could watch it forever. Uh, literally just deeks him out of his skates. And nephew, then saucers, nephew of Todd. Yeah, nephew, yeah, I believe so. Okay, saucers over um, the Larkin's outstretched stick. Falk 
retrieves the puck, passes it up to O'Reilly to the center, to Steen, who takes a shot. Sanford deflects it in for his first goals of the season. You know, Zach Sanford, a little, little, little bit like Joe Pavelski in that Joe Pavelski is very underrated We've for deflections. Never about I can't him. mention a deflection and not mention Joe Pavelski. That's how underrated <laughs> he is. Late in the period, Alex Petrangelo gets too fancy or too sloppy or something at the blue line and creates an easy opportunity for the Red Wings. The Red Wings, though, do suck, so they don't do anything with it. But please don't do uh, that, Petro. You cursed us. Foreshadowing. Perhaps it was me. Any thoughts on the first period? I didn't see it. <laughs> okay. Second period. Philip Peronic, Mike Green, and Taro Hirose score. Uh, not all of them. They those last two names assists on Philip Peronic's goal. His power play goal right at the middle of the period. He uh Falk, not so good. Falk's gonna have a couple of plays where he's not so good and he gets eaten up on behind the net and he and Bomeister fail to recover and clear. Bomeister tries to knock one out that bounces off of O'Reilly to Green. Green passes over to Peronic, who blasts it in. Not a lot you can do. A little bit of a weird goal. If it was just this goal, you'd think, okay, a little fluky, mm-hmm. weird shit happens, and whatever. Uh, the Blues try to try to rewrite the narrative by recovering very quickly, getting Ryan O'Reilly a second goal of the season. You forget that on top of everything else, Ryan O'Reilly can just occasionally be a sniper oh, yeah, just when he wants to be. And on this one, he certainly does. Perron fires off the glass uh, and makes it to center. Bomeister feeds it back to Perron, who passes to O'Reilly behind the defense. He has a really nice shot in Bernier. Is in a really poor position, and he just beats him for his third point of the night, not his last. Uh, at some point, the Red Wings get a shot that Bennington makes on a sprawling save, and Dunn gets in the net to block the rebound and prevent a goal. Dunn saving the game for the yeah, team. Thank Vince you, Dunn. Mr. Dunn. We never say it, but Vince Dunn, very good at hockey. We're, we're mm-hmm. very quiet about him. But He's our third string goalie. He <laughs> might be our second <laughs> string. <laughs> Strap him on, kid. Mr. 15 pounder over there. Dylan Larkin. Opens the scoring early in the third period. And boys boys and girls, frightening. Frightening, yeah, I'd say. Yeah. Your thoughts on Dylan Larkin. You saw me make an F sound. Uh, yeah. Fuck you, Dylan. <laughs> Fuck Dylan Larkin. <laughs> do you want to explain or do we just want to go on? Um, oh. Uh, mm-hmm. Never mind, never mind. Okay. Never mind. You need to tell me when we do the candy bar for this mm-hmm. game, you need to tell me the candy bar you did last year that you can't do again. <laughs> because, or do you want to tell me offline? Do you want to deprive the people? You want to I, I love depriving the people. I love it. I love it because I hate it. You're still getting deprived. Uh, Dylan Larkin scores his third of the season. Tyler Bertuzzi, nephew. Nephew. Nephew, right? Nephew. I just want to make sure. I don't know Darren Helm, first assist of the season for Darren Helm. There's a puck battle in the corner. Bertuzzi knocks it towards Larkin. Larkin roofs a shot. It hits Bennington's glove, and he should have that one as well. But remember, Jordan Bennington's starting his second NHL game in 22 hours. So in the third period of his second NHL game, maybe forgivable that he's starting to let in a couple of sloppy ones, but he does it again on Valtteri Filpula's goal, or maybe it's Bertuzzi's goal that he... Yeah, it's Bertuzzi's goal. The flip Mantha Antha goal, the Anthony Mantha and Andreas Athanasiu goal. Good for you. And, what? What a mouthful. Oh, thank you. Uh, they assist Valtteri Filpula, and uh, Mantha asks the right question on a three on two with a cross ice pass to Filpula. Filpula answers it by banking the puck off of Petrangelo's skate and into the net. Unfortunate? 
I would say unfortunate mm-hmm. by the way that just guides into the net off Petrangelis. Good, good instincts by uh, Phil Bula there to yeah. just like try and get it across, knowing that it might. It's probably just going to hit something. It's like one of those players that if my team was bad, I'd really like yeah. having on my team. I feel like, like he's a nice. Like, a, a better a, Scotty Upshaw. He's like a Kyle Brodziak, you know? Oh, man, I would say he's a shitty Steen. Or a shitty Steen, sure, yeah. Like, slightly better than your fourth-line grinder type, not as good as your, like, veteran second-line guy. Like, a weird, I don't, honestly, I don't know point totals, but, like, at this point in his career, like, a consistent 40 ceiling, 40 point ceiling uh-huh. guy, where you're just like, yeah, this guy will always get, like, 35 points. Yeah. And this is one of them. His first goal of the season. Okay, he's always going to get like 19 <laughs> points. Tyler Bertuzzi then later scores. Tyler, he's a nephew, right? I think, I think great, great grandson. <laughs> great grandson of Todd Bertuzzi. He has a neck, ladies Eat and shit, gentlemen. Todd. Uh, yeah, seriously, you're a bad person. But anyway, Dylan Larkin <laughs> on the assist. Thoughts on Dylan Larkin? Any thoughts? Any thoughts you'd like to have? He's, he, I've abandoned my boy. Okay. <laughs> the Red Wings win the faceoff into an advantageous position. Uh, by the way, if we've sounded chaotic during this game, it's only because the game itself is chaos. Mm-hmm. Bennington fires a shot. Bennington didn't fire shit. Bertuzzi <laughs> fires a shot. You didn't fire low. shit. This should never beat Bennington, but it does. Didn't get that five hole covered there, Jordan. And it's four to three. Suddenly, the Blues are trailing with nine eight oh nine left in the period. It seems like all hope is lost uh, for St. Louis. Could there be a way forward? I don't think no. so. It doesn't make sense. There's no way but through. Ah, but there's Ryan O'Reilly, and hope springs eternal when O'Reilly is on your side. Uh, if you need a part, you go to O'Reilly Auto Parts. If you need a goal, you go to Pizza Hut. And if you need <laughs> Ryan you. O'Reilly, you sign Ryan O'Reilly. His third goal of the season, David Fraun, sixth assist, Jaden Schwartz, ninth assist. And by the way, Ryan O'Reilly's ninth point of the night. The play Ryan O'Reilly makes Ninth here. point of the night. <laughs> I'm sorry, fourth point of the night. The plays uh, Ryan O'Reilly makes here mm. are just a ridiculous combination of hockey skill. I've watched this gif probably conservatively 50 times, mm-hmm. and it still frigging amazes me. This is in a, like, he's a very good player. Uh-huh. I don't know if I'd ever go and say, like, elite. Yeah. He's probably elite for our team, but not elite in terms of the entire league. Uh-huh. But watching this gif, he is elite. <laughs> the, on this gif. Yeah. I mean, it's a combination of the Red Wings being really bad. Well, yeah. Just Thank watching. You, Red Wings. If you don't watch O'Reilly at all and just watch the Red Wings' oh, bodies, no. especially 23 here, <laughs> who slides through and then, I believe, comes back over and falls over Bernier again. Oh, no. Bernier slide tackles one of his defensemen. Uh, I'm the goalie. The gif is out there. I'll try to find it and retweet it. But in any case, O'Reilly comes around the side of the net. He dekes outside of one of the Red Wings defenders uh, and manages to not only evade his stick, but also evade his sliding body. Then he gets around Bernier, and then he manages to tuck the puck 
back in front of the net. But not only that, he manages to front hand to get to his front hand and slide it across the crease as he's still continuing his momentum behind the net. When he gets to the other side, it's on the skate of a Red Wings defenseman, whereupon he gently picks it off uh, and knocks it off his stick to David Perron. Then he stalls, and Perron wisely follows his momentum. He uh, circles back to the top of the crease, not all the way to the top, but the top of the circle, side of the circle. Uh, Perron finds him again. He's got essentially a wide open net but also a maze of bodies to weave the puck through and he does it and ties the game with uh just under just over four minutes left it's preposterous every time i watch this i'm just like my god i think we know how good he is at hockey and then i watch this and i'm like do we or is there a limit does he just keep getting better (laughs) it's incredible and it shows what bad teams do to people, <laughs> you know, bad teams in bad situations. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Thoughts on this? Oh, I mean, with him being on Buffalo, uh-huh. I was like, when were we bad? What did we do to him while we well, were the first uh, I tried to forget. <laughs> yeah, I mean, man, it still blows me away that this guy last season was the first season he was on this team. He came to a team and won a cup, right? Doesn't it seem like, like he's now, like. Now he's just a blue, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, but he played for the Avs, and he played for Buffalo for quite some time. It's like, nah, not really. I think yeah. he just played for the Blues this whole time. <laughs> they pretty um, much wiped his history clean. They did the interview with him before the, I guess, some Bruins game mm-hmm. with uh, Ch- Chance the Rapper's hockey character, Laszlo Bane, or whatever he's called. Uh, I don't think it's Bane. <laughs> Ooh, Ryan O'Reilly is here. Do you feel in <laughs> But anyway, um... And he talked about being in St. Louis, and I was like, yeah, your hometown, St. Louis, Missouri. You grew up here. I just feel like he's one of those gentle people who's just here now. Mm. So O'Reilly single-handedly really keeps this team in the game and forces overtime. Uh, Bozak, O'Reilly, and Falk start overtime, which is a decision. (laughs) (laughs) It's a decision. Oh, yeah. I would go for O'Reilly Thomas done. They did O'Reilly, <laughs> what was it? In the Vancouver game I saw, they did O'Reilly and Tarasenko and Pareko. And I was like, we're getting there. <laughs> we're approaching it. Yeah. At least we're on the runway. We're circling the We're going too drain. fast, but we're on the runway. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um Dunn and Thomas have to get more time in overtime. They're, they're not defensively players. responsible. I don't give a damn. It's an arcade game. You're playing NBA Street and worrying about their defense. Uh, I did watch hey. in that Vancouver overtime, too. There was a point where Preco was like trying to go down the boards with it. Uh-huh. He got like squeezed off. And I was like, yeah. what? Is it fucking five on five? <laughs> Why the fuck are you even close to the board? What is happening? Uh, he skates like the wind, but he is. Oh, I have so, people are such a picking on skater. Robert Thomas and deservedly so for his shots. We haven't gotten that through to friggin' Colton Pareko. Uh, but anyway, let's talk about a win. We won this game. David Perron's what? sixth goal of the season. First goal of the game, second goal of the game, so first goal of the game. First goal. Braden Shin, fourth assist, out Petrangelo, third. 
Shin regroups at center ice and skates in. He drives in, cycles around, and exchanges with Perron near the blue line. He cycles up and delivers a devastating toe drag to snipe a rocket over Bernier for the game winner. David Perron, as I mentioned before, is very good at hockey and I think a little underrated in the fact that we have him for $4 million a season is preposterous. Yeah, that's highway. That's the literal robbery. <laughs> yeah. People always be like, oh, well, having Brayden Shen for six, whatever is he now? Seven? Six, five. Six, five. That's, that's pretty darn good. And like, yeah, that's a, you know, yeah, he's making a little less than he should. David Perron. David Perron is should be making over six million dollars. The most underrated contracts in hockey mm-hmm. right now, probably, just because I, he doesn't get any of the credit he deserves. He could be just okay, and that would be a pretty good yeah, contract. Yeah, if he, if he was David Perron that we sent to Vegas, mm-hmm. that'd be great. That'd be too. We'd be paying too little for him in today's mm-hmm. NHL. Yeah, but he's not. He's the David Perron we got back from Vegas, who is a different David Perron. I'm Tops, you. I mean, just look at the shot. I'm sure he's done this before in his career. Uh, I mean, he's would... done it before this season. Yeah, actually. Jeff Jefferson Barracks <laughs> sent us or sent out a tweet about it about another time he'd done this. Yeah, like, but go ahead. Sorry. He, I think he's doing, he's doing the David Perron, but in a weird way, he's doing his best impression of sort of Vladimir Tarasenko while Vladimir uh-huh. Tarasenko is out. Yeah. I could see David Perron sort of filling in and maybe not getting you're not getting thirty five goals, but yeah. mid twenties. Twenty five maybe. Yeah. If he's healthy, I don't see any reason he might not. I mean that's a snipe. It's just an honest to God snipe. I wanna say in the Jonathan w- Bernier, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> not good. No. <laughs> but, I want to um, say in the wild game coming up, Perron had seven shots on that. Somebody uh-huh. did. And I'm like, I don't think Vladimir Tarasenko is putting seven shots on that. <laughs> That's true. Somebody wants to fucking score. Um, uh, let's talk about these statistics. They're um <laughs> not good. <laughs> the Blues only have 20 shots in this game to the Red Wings 33. We have 58% of the faceoffs. Thank you, Ryan O'Reilly. Two for four on the power play. Power play looked pretty good in this mm. game. Uh, 20 hits to their 13, 16 blocks to their seven, and 15 of their giveaways to 10 of ours. But Corsi 4 overall was 68% Red Wings, and it got slightly worse. Oh, not every period. It got very, very <laughs> slightly better in the third they had 73.68% in the third, 73.91% in the first, and 54.55% in the first. Excuse me, the second was the middle number. Uh, worrisome. Worrisome. Yeah. Any more stats you want to talk about? Um, our even strength high danger chances for in this game were 5 to their 11. Uh-huh. Uh, Blues average shot distance. This goes to us not getting inside enough or close enough. Our shot distance was 58.92. What? I don't know. Units. Um, <laughs> Red Wings even, even strength average shot distance was 32.52. So almost half of the amount of units. Um, Bennington had a rough game. We sort of talked about it. There's at least two goals in there you'd want back. But again, he's playing three games in the mm-hmm. last four nights and two games in under 22 hours. And ultimately he stopped... 29 of 33, which is what, a .878. I mean, that's not great. So <laughs> He goes, never mind. Never mind. mind. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, again, as we'll talk about, as we'll see in the next game, and they mentioned it on the radio when I was listening, the one thing Jordan Bennington has shown consistently, even in this season, is when he has a poor performance, he bounces back. Mm-hmm. It's like an, it's a non-issue. Yeah. 
It's which is nice. It's then it's a non-issue for me. It's a departure from yeah. some other goalies in the NHL that tend to string together bad performances. Who will remain to say? nameless? Perhaps Sergei Bobrovsky is who I his to talk about. His goal saved against averages. Awful! Oh my god, he's he's literally one of the worst goalies to just oh declare. Oh my now. god, he has become a balcony monster. He's terrible. How did I? How did I? How did oh, people know this was oh, going to happen? Oh, it's it shouldn't shouldn't be happening this much. Is he that guy where it's like I got my fat contract and now I'm done? Yeah, because he's a Russian player. Oh right, that's what I'll that's say. I'll say it right no, here. No, I'll that's what Elliot Friedman will <laughs> say. He won't. Say it, but they're just different over yeah, there. He'll say they're different. They have different values. I'll just make a sense of like this isn't helping the prejudice some people have against Russian players. Not me. Not me. Certainly not me. I'm very open minded. Moon and Carr are playing tonight, but uh, <laughs> uh, Moon Carr. Um, yeah, Bennington bounced back in a big way, and what I would say was an equally strange. Minnesota game, but differently strange. Fabry is scratched before the game. Why is he still here? <laughs> He'll be here this whole season. And then we just let him walk. No, we'll sign him another <laughs> one year. Thing. <laughs> I feel bad for him, honestly. One of my least favorite things in sports is when teams can't admit, are we just done here? You know, like we're done yeah. here, right? That should just happen more, you know? This um, is a bad... I mean, I hope the best for Robbie Fabry. This is just a bad relationship where it's like, just get out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, no. He'll learn. We'll be better. We got it. Yeah. I live in Australia. They live in the center of the sun. Long <laughs> distance can work. Um, Ryan Donato. Also a healthy scratch in this game. Imagine being healthy scratched. By the Minnesota Wild, your thoughts? Um, Ryan Donato, more like <laughs> you got it. Come on, get Ryan that. did not know Dung how it. to play hockey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call that a seven out of ten. That oh, was thank very you. good. That was very good. <laughs> did not know. You know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna upgrade it to an eight. That's an eight. Oh damn! Thank very you. good. Very good. I'll speak no more uh, this podcast. <laughs> Uh, Steen and Gunnarsson are back from injury, but they'll go back. I don't think they will. Actually. I mean, probably, most likely. At Gunnarsson some point. certainly will. That's a ticking time bomb, <laughs> but Steen at least is here. Um, we talk so much about the offensive prospects we're not using and never even think about Nico Mikula and Whatever. Mitch Reinke. <laughs> Screw those guys. <laughs> first period, Sammy Blay gets the first opportunity on. The top line, and what does he do with it? Uh, shot attempt? Uh, block, perhaps. No, he goes straight to the penalty box after he interferes with someone at 115. I mean, yikes, my guy. I don't <laughs> wanna, I mean, it worked out. He has a good game overall, but he does commit <laughs> two penalties <laughs> in this game, and a so so game. He gets a goal. He gets a goal. He gets a goal. He gets a goal. Uh, but again, yikes, my guy. Uh, Thomas then gets a shot with Schwartz, which is a poor choice of words because he doesn't shoot. Done, done, done. I'm going to be perfectly honest here, Ian, and admit that I haven't 
seen this footage. I've looked for it. I heard about it at the time. I was watching the game and I saw people that were immediately upset and I didn't rewind to rewatch it at the time. And now I've lost my chance. Do you remember the play in question? Um, I believe he passed it behind the Schwartz. Ooh. Is that the one I heard on Probably. the radio? I know he should have shot. I mean, I've seen, I've seen it, and just I've not this instance I've seen him it. do yeah. that. So why don't we go ahead and talk about it? We do have a question from, oh to God. quote Bane again, the people. What are you my godding? Are you my godding I'm trying to questions? find something. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, my, I'm sorry. Are I'm you just, my godding questions I'm trying to from find something. adoring fans Ian. our adoring fans our adoring fans like john schlinker who just followed us on twitter welcome aboard john you've made a terrible decision <laughs> welcome to the two guys no <laughs> one cup two guys one cup uh i don't know a name for our group david cupheads uh, there we go not great trademarked. game we're getting sued <laughs> david a chisholm you've got a great name david just don't don't change keep it. Keep being you. Don't change it. Uh, Thomas... Don't hide that in a bushel basket. <laughs> Don't do it. Uh, Thomas is my favorite player. Good taste, too. Good, good name, good taste. I'm, I'm liking this David fella. David, oh, boy. I can see us. another shoe drop at any moment here. <laughs> it doesn't even... Uh, I'll just delete this part because it's horribly insensitive to any number of genders, but uh, after that, after he rambles for a bit, he goes oh, on to say, Oh, we can't crucify oh, David. We love you, David. It's, it's, not, it's not you, it's us. That's we're, very we're late. The I'm sorry. Uh, Thomas is my favorite player, but I'm low-key worried he loves passing too much to ever shoot. I broke Ian. Ian is broken, now it's over. How should the Blues incentivize him to shoot more? Time with the top line? More ice time? Hookers and... <laughs> See, I knew, he knew. He was good. <sighs> David's good. Oh, I forgot he asked that when I started all that nonsense. Oh, okay. Um, lashes. Hookers lashes and until morale improves. <laughs> uh, just have Big Walt withhold his food. I shouldn't be hard for Big Walt at this rate, so... He'll just eat it first. <laughs> He's wanting to do that anyway, but... Um... It's a confidence thing, but I don't know why he doesn't have confidence because he's so, 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 so good at the game of hockey. Yeah, I think it's one of those things you see with a lot of young, skilled players. Yeah, he's not the first young player to struggle with shooting the puck, but... It's just like, you have to know that you're in the NHL now and you're as good as these players. You see... Sometimes I wonder that when you see, uh, I don't know why I thought Mark Giordano, but you see these guys that are older and you've heard of when you're growing up, and you're like, wow, I'm playing against them. And you're playing against them because you're as good as them. Uh-huh. And you just have to put that in your back pocket and be like, okay, this is just another dude. Yeah. And play, uh, I hate to sound like a hockey player, but you just got to get to play in your game. You got to play yeah. your game, which I know well, his game's passing, but he's still got to shoot when he's got the, the opportunity, the man. The thing that's frustrating is like, I've never, I've almost never seen anyone see a shot on net and think that was a bad decision. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get criticized for the passes you shouldn't make, not for the shots you shouldn't make. Mm-hmm. So take the shots, just do it. You know, I mean, there's a right time and a right place, and yeah, he should probably be doubling up his goals with his assist totals most of the way. Mm-hmm. But on, on top of everything else, he's a winger right now, mm-hmm. so he shouldn't just be a playmaker 
I say hookers and blow. Yeah. I think he's he's young enough where both of those should appeal to him. The cocaine shouldn't affect his system too much. Kids, don't do drugs. This is a message from the Two Guys, One <laughs> Cup podcast. But also cocaine doesn't affect your system too much. <laughs> two Ghouls, One Cauldron podcast. Don't oh, do yeah. drugs. Don't do drugs. Don't do them. But if you're young, you can do cocaine, and it won't bother you. You'll be but fine. I'm just saying don't do them. Just, it helps you in a lot of facets of <laughs> it life. It makes you better. It will alert, keep you alert for tests. You'll be much... Much more awake, but don't do them. It's not worth it. Don't try them at home. Do not try them unless you need to. I mean, to. try them at home. Well, That's the safest place to try them. Certainly don't try them anywhere else, but don't do them at all unless you really want to. You just shouldn't. <laughs> so, unless, unless that's what you want. But yeah, then, then try them. But again, they're very bad for you unless you're young, then they're fine. <laughs> but we're, again, we're emphasizing don't do drugs. Don't ever do drugs. Don't do them. Dare has failed us. <laughs> Our dare officer had a mustache because I think they all do. <laughs> so there was uh, only one. Uh, in any case, um, <laughs> yeah. So long story short, Robert Thomas didn't take a shot. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a penalty. Jason Zucker slashes Jay Bowmeister to get some of that sweet, sweet cocaine out of his blood. Okay, while we're still off for a split second, <laughs> yeah. to pull us back. I completely forgot. I forgot to stop us. Oh, yeah, us. okay. What was the candy for the Detroit game? I'm so sorry, everyone. Um, I'm, I'm almost there. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. It was a... <laughs> a hot <laughs> Reese's cup because it's a horrible mess. Mm-hmm. But it's still ultimately rewarding. Oh, <laughs> man. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. Your, I like that. Your thoughts, yeah. Um, I think maybe a hot tamale. Ooh. And that I don't like it. <laughs> and I'm glad when it's over. But it's still sustenance. <laughs> yeah. In a way, speaking. it's food. <laughs> and that's good for your body. <laughs> I think that was equally good. That was very nice. Uh, are we still withholding the other <laughs> joke from last no, year? No, I think last year I called, I said, because we were bad. We were uh, bad at this point. Okay. Um, and I was pretty much said, we were just doing it for players, or we were describing players. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, Jay Bowmeister is a now and later because he sucks now, <laughs> and he'll suck later. <laughs> Jay Bowmeister, a, a linchpin in our defense to, to win the cup. <laughs> Okay, since we're, I mean, we're totally yeah. off the rails at this point, I have to tell this story. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, story time. You didn't expect now and later to spark a story in me. I probably told this when you mentioned this last That's year. That's fine. We've got new listeners. Well, I, was, I mean, not no, anymore. No, we're <laughs> listeners as we speak. But, <laughs> but, but uh, when I was in college, when I was a youngster in college, my freshman year dorm was like a half hall, so it was like the building was like a U shape, like a lot of dorms. Okay. But ours cut the cafeteria cut ours off in the middle, oh, so we okay. only had the one half instead of having the whole U. So that whole that side of the hall was really tight knit. The whole hall was pretty close because there were only you know whatever fifty of us instead of how a hundred you know whatever the whatever the numbers are. So we had a lot of friends, and we were at lunch one time, and we had this. One of our friends who was kind of a goofball, I forget, I forget 
exactly what brought this along, but at one point he said, I like now and laters because you can start them now and finish them later. And that became a running joke for hours. So, you know, now. Does, now. He, does he take them out of his <laughs> mouth? I thought you were going to say, does he? Does he need help? <laughs> All those sick people that like choose gum and is like, I'll get this later. And I'm like, just get another stick of gum, you weirdo. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, boy. So anyway, we're back on course. We're not. Spoiler alert, we're not. Uh, would you like to talk about the second period? Oh, do I have to? I mean, hey, wait, this is a good one. I mean, I can talk about it, too. I just... I'd... <laughs> you do it. Okay. My throat's giving out. Eric Stahl tripped... Ryan O'Reilly, pretty good power play in the aftermath. I believe we had five, four shots on the power play. I think this is when we kept it in the zone mm-hmm. for, I want to say, 90 seconds. And ultimately fruitless. Like, yeah, it's one of those. Most of life. That's all, <laughs> one of those things that's almost sadder. Because like, uh-huh. wow, we looked so good and we got fucking nothing. <laughs> uh, but then shortly thereafter, Sammy Boy got fucking something by making Devin Dubnik look not great at hockey, but yeah, then like I think Dubnik. about all the teams out there that could thrive with a Devin Dubnik. Just thrive. They need to trade him. Imagine the New Jersey Devils brain on Devin Dubnik. Ugh, they'd never lose a game. Um, They would lose lots of games. Yeah, they'd create so, they'd but, yeah, <laughs> They'd even be worse somehow than they are currently with Corey Schneider. That's impossible. Anyway, so Sammy Blay uh, redeems himself from his earlier idiocy. Uh, fourth goal of the season on track for, I don't know, 23. Um, thereabouts. Right. But uh, Ryan O'Reilly, his 10th assist of the season, his first point of this game, really just taking the foot off the gas from the game before it. And Alex Petrangelo, his fourth assist. This is all Samuel Blay. He stalls, 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 and absolutely snipes. Petrangelo ties up a defender in front. Samford does some work as well. Way too much space for Sammy. What is Sammy Boy's ceiling as a player? Ian, he can snipe, he can hit, he can play the game smart. He was a little tiny boy, and then he grew up into a big, big boy, and that's why he's a sixth-round steal. What do you think about Sammy Boy long-term? Is he on this team next week? No, Trick is gone. Oh. Um, no, I man, he's developed into something else. I like I thought he was gonna be a wheel of bodies dude that was just always going to be a fourth line. Yeah. And having this opportunity, I think he could definitely show himself. I don't know about top six. He keeps pushing but a top nine. He keeps climbing in my eyes because there was that point where he was just like uh guy. Uh-huh. Well there was so this is the progression of Sammy Boyd. Six round draft pick I didn't know about. Yeah. Then a prospect I'd heard a little about. Then suddenly he was a prospect that was like Good. right behind Costin mm-hmm. in our like prospect rankings. It was like him and Torpchenko were like the next group of guys. And I was like, what? And then he debuted and it was like, oh, six round pick made it to the NHL. Pretty cool. And then he was fine. And then he was okay. And then he got called into the playoff situation. And I was like, what? And he was good all the playoffs. And now this year I was like, oh, if he gets consistent top six minutes, he could be a 20 goal scorer. And now I might actually be right, which is ridiculous. But um, yeah, I mean, his 
like you said, I don't know that he's a consistently a top six guy, but man, if he's a middle six guy mm-hmm. that's consistent that you sniped in the ninth, sixth round, uh, with that ninth round pick, mm-hmm. the Jets sent to Pittsburgh, bringing it back. See, people like the continuity on the two guys, one cup podcast. They're here for the storylines. That's right. Uh, but yeah, overall, um, it was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see him stick. I'd like to see Robert Thomas in the first line, but if Sammy Blay does enough to stick on the top line, I think that's great because I think it spreads our talent pool a little more over the top nine. Absolutely. Uh, so the Blues are up one nothing. The Minnesota Wild are feckless, and you're thinking maybe, maybe we're going to finally have a good time. But unfortunately, it was all brought to an end by an appearance, the first Minnesota Wild appearance, really, of... The Lizard King. Well, I will not be blackmailed by some ineffectual, privileged, effete, soft-penis debutante. You want to start a street fight with me, bring it on, but you're going to be surprised by how ugly it gets. You don't even know my real name. I'm the Lizard King. And Matt's Zuccarello, the little guy with gumption from the New York Rangers, uh, scores his first goal of the season. Eric Stahl and Jason Zucker assisting. Fuck. Oh, fuck me. This was not great. <laughs> Justin Falk is slow to get over to the boards and cut off a pass attempt that goes in front. Zucker is the first to the puck. Thomas pulls off, thinking Zucker will pass backwards, but he turns his head towards the net. He passes to stall to Bennington's left at the red line. Takes a shot off Bennington at a wide angle. Lizard King gets it, and they pass back and forth. Stahl takes it and backs and press, takes it back in front, passes one more time, and Lizard King smacks away at it until it's in the net. Truly god-awful lazy defending by Justin Falk. This is the first time I've looked at Falk and been like, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know. Justin, I don't know. you got to get on a heater here at some point, buddy, because... You cannot I buy a goal. Word. Yeah. I don't know that he's trying that hard, though. I don't know that he's saving his money. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and Dunn and Bozak weren't too much better. But uh, whatever the case, this was nothing Bennington could do about this one, I don't think. He had, you know, held his line pretty well, but what are you, what are you going to do? Uh, the Blues have a goal after this on uh, Ryan O'Reilly's stick. But it's disallowed on what I would say was a very queer offside. Oh, very. Uh, some people were upset about it, and I'm like, yeah. The thing yeah. I was upset about was the shitty cross-check call on Sammy Boy right after this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a cross-check, yeah. but there are 15 of those a game, and this wasn't one worth penalizing. <laughs> penalizing. Uh, but in any case, that was Boy's second penalty of the game. Nothing came. Ryan Hartman tripped Jaden Schwartz. Nothing came. Third period. Alex Petrangelo, fifth goal of the season. Minute and 40 seconds into the game. David Perron and Carl Gunnarsson assisted. Holy smoke, Captain Petrangelo. What what a goal by Captain yeah. P here. Uh, Perron to Gunnarsson and back <laughs> along the boards to Dubnik's right. Perron finds the beautiful seam all the way across to Petro, who's got space. But as Sutter tries to push off O'Reilly and block him, he eats him alive with a deke, eliminates him, makes Dubnik look silly, and buries it in a practically empty net. I didn't know Petrangelo had this much skill, to be honest. Mm -hmm. He made those guys, admittedly, they were Minnesota Wild to begin with, but he made them look like children, which is technically a downgrade as an NHL player from a member of the Minnesota Wild, believe it or not. Uh, He doesn't get enough credit for his skill, and this is just a friendly reminder that Ryan Sutter is owed over $7.5 million for the next 
five seasons, six <laughs> seasons counting this one. I thought for sure he looked like he was going to pass to O'Reilly. Yeah. Like when this initially happened, but actually he's got his head up the whole way. Yeah. I think he's thinking shoot the whole goddamn time. <laughs> oh, I'm doing it, baby. You son of a bitch. Like what have we said? You know, we're not necessarily podcasts known for our deep analysis of the game, but what do we say all the time? This team is best when its defense is engaged on offense. Mm-hmm. And they're pushing the play, and they're up on the rush, and they're doing all that. And this is another classic example of it. We don't play, I would say, especially well the rest of the period. We crater a little bit. I think our Corsi against, uh, our Corsi 4 was only 34.78 in the third period. Uh, McEachern makes a terrific defensive play to tie up Greenway at the goal line. Probably prevents one. Greenway also much bigger than McKenzie oh, McEachern. So, uh, very good play by him. Bennington makes an outstanding save late in the period on a puck that flutters towards him off of Gunnarsson's stick. Carl Gunnarsson takes a hooking penalty in the very, very end of the game. And um, the Blues win 2-1. to one. Hmm. All right. Thoughts on this catastrophe? Candy. Candy first? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if I had to pick a candy bar that this game represented, it would be a crunch bar. Because crunch bars are pretty good when you're comparing them to Hershey bars. But Hershey bars are pretty boring to begin with. <laughs> and the Blues beat the Minnesota Wild, but they were the Minnesota Wild. To begin with, mm-hmm. so that's I like that. Tried. Who's Hershey's? Who's affiliate is the Hershey Bears? Uh, Washington Capitals, okay. I believe. Dang, I was hoping it was the Wild there, but they've got the Iowa Wild. Mm-hmm. Would have been just you know an extra little tie-in. So anyway, but go on, go on. You can do. Uh, you can do. I think that this <laughs> game was a roll of Smarties because. I asked for a win, and I asked for candy, and I got exactly what I asked for, but I'm still disappointed. (laughs) I was going to say maybe it's a Tootsie Roll because they're a dime a dozen, and uh, if you get them when you give charity and giving a goal to the Minnesota Wild. (laughs) Uh, um, You're the Knights of Columbus. Letting them be in this game was akin to a Knights of Columbus like sacrifice. I like it. Um... The Blues got out shot 36 to 26. They were 0 for 3 on the power play, as were the Wild. 15, 13 hits to the Wilds, 18, 11 blocks to the Wilds, 14, 10 giveaways to the Wilds, 3, and they had 53% of the possession, almost 54% of the possession did the Wild at all strengths throughout the game. They also had 66.6%. Of the high danger Ooh. chances. Ooh. I don't like that. Talk about that. The heat map, not great. Not great. Um, where'd you find that average depth of shot, by the way? Oh, uh, it's on natural stat trick. Well, we're on natural stat trick. It is on natural stat trick. If you go to the website, it's there. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. This was not a good game by the Blues. It's... Yeah. It's like when you go to McDonald's 
We've and, already made enough illusions. <laughs> okay. No, go ahead. Continue. And you, you get the Monopoly scratch off, you know. Oh, we're going deep. And it's like, you get the piece, and it's like, you've won! And it's like, yay! And it's like a small fry, and you're like, <laughs> I can win you that know? by paying them $1.50. <laughs> exactly. If that. Jordan Bennington, however, was the difference in this game, saving 35 shots on 36 Saving 35 shots on 36 attempts, making 35 saves on 36 attempts for a 972 save percentage. Uh, the power play finished over, uh, but it was also had eight shots on three opportunities, which isn't bad. The power play overall has looked better, and we've had some really nice passing plays in general lately. Sammy Boy on the top line. Thoughts? Oh, I just wanted to say yes. I was right, dude. Braun <laughs> did get seven shots in this game. Um, I liked him there. I just don't want to see him take as many penalties. Uh, the cross check was kind of shitty. That happened, like you said. The you see that five times every game. Mm-hmm. Um, interference wasn't great. It was he a looked, little high, and the guy sold it and said yeah. it was a penalty, but it wasn't. But I thought he looked good overall. I thought he looked good in the second period and struggled in the third as the Wild turned up the pressure. He had at least one turnover that almost led directly to a goal. Um, Pretty much should have been, except Bennington saved Blay on it. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see them still try him there, especially in some of these upcoming games where it's going to be a test. Mm -hmm. Columbus, maybe not as much. Maybe not these next two with Columbus and Minnesota again. But then when we go and face Vancouver and Edmonton, which is a weird thing to say, but those two teams will be a test. And um, I'd like to see him stay on the line for those those for sure. According to Dom <laughs> Precision of The Athletic, uh-huh. Dom Lecision is his real name, but Ian and I just Correct. prefer to rhyme and equally ridiculous Dom nonsense. Dom Insurrection. <laughs> uh uh, the Blues had the second hardest strength of schedule in November, which will be a test for them. Can they stand up to it? Four back-to-backs, did you say? Four back-to-backs. In a f- period of four games and six nights? We have a four games and six, six nights, and then we also have a seven games and 12 nights mm-hmm. separate from that. Sounds like fun to watch, but not fun to play. Two against, we, place, we face Tampa Bay twice this month, we face Nashville twice this month. Um, Edmonton and Vancouver, like I said, are actually tests for once. Um, yeah, there's there's quite a bit going on this month. Did you read these troubling trend statistics? Did I read them? Yeah. No, I've looked Would them up. Would you like to? Because sure. I couldn't remember if you said that right after the boy thing or not. <laughs> My brain is all mushy. Yeah. Uh, some troubling trends with Blues. Blues are 26th in shots per game with 28.8. On average, um, Blues are 24th in Corsi 4 percentage at 47.56%. Uh, I wonder if this is due to sloppy play and giveaways, not getting as many shots on that, obviously. And we had trouble, I noticed last night especially, in like the neutral zone. It just seems like we can't, we're not consistently generating pressure on the other team. I feel like I notice when we do, and I don't think it's for a good reason. It's because we don't do it. <laughs> As often mm-hmm. as I'd like. Yeah. Yeah. And so absolutely. I do wonder if maybe this 
We'll see what the next two games hold. But if they still look poor tomorrow, I'm wondering, especially, like I said, for the third time, going into Vancouver and Edmonton, if we see an extended losing streak, if we don't correct some of these mistakes moving forward. It's certainly possible. The Blue Jackets should be a little bit of a, you know, we should win these next two. Yeah. Those are points we want to bank. Mm-hmm. Kevin. Money bank. in the bank. That's right. Um, but <coughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Jordan Bennington, Ian mm-hmm. has taken some heat this season for not being good. Is he not good? He is, I think, literally the definition of good. <laughs> is he great this season? No, no. but he's good. Um, well, the last game skewed these stats positively a little bit, yeah. but that's the reality of small sample sizes. Yeah, so in 13 games, 12 games and 12 games, he was about, I think he was 17th out of 32 goalies. This was the 32 goalies that have started six or more games uh-huh. um, this season. So basically, just eliminating backups out of that. So he was 17th in save percentage and 17th in goals against average. So pretty much right down the middle. Last night's performance shot him up to 12th in both of these categories with a .918 save percentage and a 2.52 goals against average. His Goals saved average, what is it? Goals saved above, above average. Above average, yeah, is 3.6. Very so, good. Very good. For yeah, I'd say pretty good for for a guy that supposedly doesn't look all that great, according to some. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. He let, he's let in some stinkers. He's let in ones you don't think You don't should. think of those as his types of goals, yeah. but the difference between him and... Some other goalkeepers is that never rattles him. That, yeah, he uh, always bounces the ones, back. One never affects the next one. And again, we, I, it's too easy to just say erase the Red Wings game. But the dude started unexpectedly for the second time in two nights. Hmm. It's one thing to protect your goalie from back to you know. It's one thing to protect him from overexposure over the course of a season. It's literally ridiculous to ask a goalie to start two games in. 22 hours yeah. and they had to i'm not blaming anyone but that was just unfortunate circumstances and he did as as well as he can look jordan bennington's not gonna be the living breathing machine he was at the end of last season because dominic hashik wasn't the machine mm. jordan bennington was at the end of last season uh but he's very like you said he's good he's I would say significantly above average, mm-hmm. and we only that's really all we've need ever asked. Average or above average. This team, the way it's built as like a as a team and as a unit versus like having a bunch of stars on it, and especially being relatively defensively sound, should be just fine in front of a goalie that's average. Yeah, and that's all we really need. Brian Elliott can do it. Jordan Bennington can do it. There you go. And he's doing it. So, Ian, we've got. Bunch of games ahead. Are we recording next Thursday? I yep. know we've got more topics. I was just what you Yeah, saying. yeah. We'll have four games to go over. We don't have a game on Thursday because we don't play on Thursday. So mm-hmm. we'll be here on the 7th. But before we leave, a couple of housekeeping items. Not really housekeeping items. Uh, Ian, we, we, did, we attended an event together this week on Monday evening mm-hmm. at, at the Enterprise Center. What was that event? Our... High school prom. <laughs> you look wonderful tonight, Ian. 
that was on Monday. So, <laughs> so fuck you. Um, we went to Monday Night Raw because <laughs> I asked for this. <laughs> so for those who don't know, I have uh, grew up in a household with a brother who's much older than me. And I blame him for everything that I don't want to admit I did myself. And he was a big wrestling fan when I grew up. So I was a big wrestling fan and still am. Uh, even though now I'm an adult who can't blame other people. But uh, it happens. There are things that people like that are totally abnormal. But anyway, you were over some night, I guess, that I just had it on, which mm-hmm. I usually don't force people to be exposed to this. But maybe it was one of those rare nights of the year where it feels like something might actually happen, so you're Mm. tuning in occasionally. And uh, some later night you came over and was like, hey, isn't that wrestling thing on tonight? And asked me to tune it on. And it was a bad episode. And I kept looking over at you and saying, you asked for this. (laughs) But then you sort of became a fan. What grabbed you about the wrestling experience, Ian? I am like some weird... I've like constantly observed from like... 10,000 feet where I'm like, I know who five of these people are at any given time. Uh And I know who like these stars are from when we were younger, when you're surrounded by a lot more people that were into wrestling. Um, But I, I, it's funny because I'm both, I'm entertained by it in two ways. I'm both entertained because I'm like, I'm into this in a way where I'm like, yeah, I want to see what happens Uh like storyline wise and everything. But I'm also into this because it's silly and dumb, but also not in like a mean way, and like a, this is a great, entertaining, silly, yeah. and dumb thing. I enjoy how much it knows that, but also at the same exact time itself takes seriously. itself very seriously. Yeah. I like that the juxtaposition of those both happening at the exact same time. I think as a wrestling fan, like especially a newer wrestling fan, that's mm. exactly where you should be. Mm. That should be the goal because that's the happy area. Mm-hmm. When you start to overthink it. Like a what they call smart marks, which I have been from time to time. <laughs> then you're like this fucking stupid. I'm so angry. <laughs> but when you're not in that deep, which you shouldn't ever be, uh, then you're good. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah. So so you wanted to go to RAW. Uh, I haven't gone to a live event for a long time. We went to my brother and I went to WrestleMania for the only time a couple years ago. Uh, when it was in New Orleans, but I haven't been to a live event since then, I don't think. How'd you feel? How'd you, how how was your experience? I enjoyed it greatly. It was weird to not have um, announcers. Yeah. yeah, it's very different. To so just be quiet and just hearing the thud in the ring and everything, mm-hmm. and especially because they really didn't do that much mic work, I felt like, at all. Yeah, for especially by Raw standards, they really didn't. It yeah. was a lot of wrestling. Which was kind of nice, but yeah, I mean, it was a nice flow to it, and even though you have commercial breaks, and you have to have all these breaks you don't normally see because you're watching it on TV, mm-hmm. um, I found it very entertaining. Good. Any highlights for you besides the, uh, shall we say, racially motivated gentle <laughs> spot? I don't want to... We're in front of the nicest racist. Yeah, indeed. I listen, I don't even know that he's a racist. <laughs> I just know that he happened to choose only the white people to root for, mm-hmm. regardless of their affiliation as a good guy or bad mm-hmm. yeah, guy. Yeah, he just and liked he him. was awfully silent during the only match that involved exclusively Latino people. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's all just I'm saying. Just an observation. He was very interested in Becky Lynch, who, by the way, also not American. 
uh, kicking the. If uh, she was here in the 1920s, they'd be they'd be tarring yeah, and feathering oh, her. <laughs> no Irish. Yeah, but she's very white now, and she was is very interested in her kicking uh, the uh, Japanese uh, gentleman well, whom he was fighting. His one his one racist remark was that he did say he didn't like he didn't like her having to fight those Chinese women. Oh, did he really? Yeah. I didn't even hear that. <laughs> and I was like, well, maybe that's not racist. He's lo- just mistaken. There's a lot of kicker, Becky, and punch her, Becky. I like that he called AJ Styles AJ Styles. Did he didn't he say really? AJ. He's like, come on, get her AJ Styles. <laughs> and then I do believe at one point he did make some allusion to send him back. But oh, yeah. it was, he seemed very likable. Just one of those guys that you really want to not see again. He grew up but, in Perryville, and that's not his And fault. that's where he's going back I'm to, sorry, so. Perryville listeners. None, nobody, they don't have the internet Can you come in up and sell me your wood chips? <laughs> <laughs> I need wood chips. <laughs> so how... Did you find the experience? What were the highlights for you? I liked when St. Louis's own Randy Orton came in. Ooh. And Arc isn't an RKO. Yes, because Ar- those are his initials. And it's also a clever substitution for TK. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, when he RKO'd Ricochet, who's my boy, uh-huh. I felt bad, but I was also just into it. Because the crowd was. And the crowd went nuts. Because oh. it was an RKO. Ian, I've never, I don't know if you've ever heard of this term, but it's an RKO from out of nowhere. <laughs> so uh that's a big thing hmm. um other highlights i liked i liked the uh falls count anywhere match between seth rollins and eric rowan and he pinned eric rowan with a forklift i really did think i didn't think he was going to run him over for real you know mm-hmm. but i thought he was going to attempt to try and run him over yeah. but then i was i was pleasantly surprised with the creativity yeah it's good it's i mean good. you know what and I liked the divorce court at the end <laughs> because glad. I was into it. It was awful. That's the schlock. That's the crap that you got to either be like. He want, She wants to divorce from her husband because he wants to have sex with her all the time. Yeah. And the crowd loves the idea of this man having sex with her all the time. <laughs> and they cheer and they cheer. Because she's very attractive. Yeah. And they very much they would like, like that. to have sex with her all the time. But they can't. Because she's married to this guy, except they're not, except also they are in real life, and this is a, a total storyline thing. But Do they chant, like, USA? Do they chant Rusev A? Rusev Day. Rusev Day. So he had a gimmick for a long time that he got super over with that they didn't use because, again, this is the smart part where you're like, these guys are idiots. But anyway, <laughs> people would chant Rusev Day because... Every day of the year, according to him, was Rusev Day, and he got a guy who was like an opera singer yeah. who would come around and sing Rusev Day every time he entered oh, the room. It was great fun, but now it's his chant, even though they've abandoned the gimmick. So I love it. It's wonderful. It was all fun. It was I enjoyed it. I I don't go very often. We paid to be down on the floor, which was yeah, pretty was affordable, cool. I thought, for you know as close as we were. Yeah. And, uh, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I mean, I knew what I was getting into maybe more than you did, but... I thought I would enjoy it, and then I was still surprised that I did yeah. somehow. Yeah. So, we did that. Uh, anything else fun in your world lately? Um, Halloween's over. Sad. And we can move on to the real holiday that is Thanksgiving. That's right, I said it. That's true. Fuck Halloween. I won't say fuck Christmas, and that's mean. Uh, move over Christmas. <laughs> 
Here comes Thanksgiving. We're bringing it back. People <laughs> don't been gone. People don't like the Christopher I know, Columbus. I know the they p- don't like the Pilgrims, but the Pilgrims are reaching out, and we're we're one country. The p- not real. The politicians, yeah, don't want us to celebrate Thanksgiving, but we're gonna do. Yeah, it they don't want us to anyway. thank each other. We've got a couple of housekeeping items to make up for, and then we can actually get out of here first. I asked the people on Twitter, in the spirit of David question, David David questions, David Pumpkins, if they had any questions. And we uh, already answered the one from the wonderful and in no way methodicted David Chisholm. And now we've got one from Andrew Oldsclaw. God, I hope David has a sense of humor. I'm so sorry, David. We do love you. No one's going to send questions anymore if we just roast these people. Andrew Oldsclaw. I wonder if he's a Ravenclaw. I hope so. Andrew. I think he's more of a Digimon person. Hit us <laughs> with a DM if you know your house. And if you don't, why are you even, what are you even doing with your life? That'd be my question. Uh, best way to make up for Tarasenko's missing offense. Trades or call-ups from the minors, who are likely candidates as trade targets. Most likely call-ups to the big clubs. So we talked about call-ups a little bit. Mm-hmm. Are there any trade targets you'd like to see? Uh, I just heard someone say Tyler Toffoli. He was scratched the other day by the Kings, and that's scary. Uh-huh. But also, I think he's... This How is bad do you have to be to be last, scratched by the Kings? This is the last season of his contract, or the last year of his contract, and he's making like $4 million something, and he uh-huh. has goal-scoring potential, so I don't know. You see what you got there. I wouldn't want to give up too much. I mean, for things... He's got three goals this year. Give up a fair amount if you're going to get somebody and then sign them again, and then you'll figure out the money later. But really, don't don't give up too much for a rental. Yeah. Um, I believe that Elliot Friedman made some one-liner in 31 Thoughts, which is the whole thing's one-liner, uh, that if the Blues were in the trade market, Chris Kreider made a lot of sense. He's in the final year of his $4 million, $4.6 million contract. That'd be fine, although he's got a brutal Corsi 4 percentage this year. Um, I just don't... I don't see a reason to make a trade. I don't. I'm, you have I'm enough fine bodies as like, it is. Yeah. I, the only reason I see to make a trade, honestly, and I don't necessarily endorse it because then you're giving up a big prospect, but if you're going out and getting like Taylor Hall and you're just like, F it, yeah. you know, or, or somebody big, I'm not, it doesn't have to be Hall, but I'm saying somebody big and you're just like, oh, well, we got to re- actually replace Tarasenko, mm-hmm. then go out and get him. But, I think if you're not going to swim with the big fish, and I'm not even saying that you should, um, then you, you know, should do Get out of the pool. (laughs) Get out of the pool. I was trying to look up pending UFAs. Nicholas Backstrom, doubt he's going anywhere. Uh, Taylor Hall, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, but they're good this year. Um, Mikhail Granlin, they won't trade him to us. Uh, Miko Koivu, not what we need. Nathan Horton might be there. Oh, um, I bet he is. David Clarkson, Mike Hoffman's a pending UFA. Now there, I have heard someone say Mike if, Hoffman. If the Panthers continue to struggle, I would, although that whole Petrangelo thing we used to talk about, I don't know how that would be anymore. But um, Wayne Simmons, but he sucks. Alex Galchenyuk, but he sucks. 
Martin Hansel, he's dead. Uh, so not a lot of great options out there. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I trust Doug Armstrong for the mm-hmm. most part. Uh, as long as he's not extending someone, I generally have faith in him. So there's a couple of names for you, Andrew. I hope those entertained you. And finally, Toast Dispatch asks, uh, which would be scarier, Satan playing Monopoly with your kids or Jake Allen as our starting goalie for eternity? It's Jake Allen. I mean, the, yeah, the latter. Satan. You can, beat, you can beat Satan. People have done it before. <laughs> you can beat Satan in Monopoly. He I've, can just roll yeah. snake eyes, ironically. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're screwed. Haven't you ever heard the phrase, you know, not today, Satan? I mean, that's when, <laughs> that's, that's that's when he's trying to steal a property from, from you. Yeah, and right. you're like, no, that's not how it works. Uh, just make sure you're the bank. You're the banker. Yeah, you got to be the banker, of course. Satan uh, is practiced in usury. Uh, so you want to avoid that at all costs. But overall, uh, definitely Jake Allen. For yeah. eternity? I mean, we're talking for eternity. If you said 10 more years, maybe I'd think about it. But you said eternity. Yeah, that's what you said. Uh, <laughs> you asked for this. <laughs> so uh, I think just as we close, how do you feel about being at 100, 133 episodes? I just want to say... Thank you to the people. We yeah. we are trying to get better, but in the meantime, thank you for just being along for the ride. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, it's it's very weird to me that we've done this this long, um, and this poorly. <laughs> 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 but, uh, we're here. It's done. This is episode one hundred in the books. Here's to thousands more, literally yeah. thousands more. Do you yeah. have any thoughts? I said I think it's going to get to 20,000 before we're <laughs> sick of each other and the people the people demand our heads. Okay. Um, yes, thank you for Which listening. We'll be attached to robots at that yeah, point. Yeah. So. Uh, thank you for your listenership and for your questions and for finding this entertaining. Now give us your money. No, I'm kidding. We literally don't have a way for you to do that. So, you know. Venmo. If you send them money, it's not going to us. Yeah. That's some other person, but you <laughs> can't can do that. Do Venmo that, allows you to so. just send money to fucking anybody. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's a, little scary. a shockingly little approval process yeah. for that. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, thank you, everyone. Seriously, yeah. mm-hmm. we're happy. Happy Halloween to everybody. Thank you so much. It's almost, no. none of you will hear this on Halloween, but <laughs> happy Halloween anyway. Happy All Saints Day for those of you that celebrate. And uh, we'll talk to you next Thursday. Adios. Goodbye. <laughs> I have voices in my head. They counsel me. They understand. They talk to me. Start questioning